morning, everybody. Hello and good evening. Oh my goodness gracious me. It's Friday. It's the last Friday of August. And here we are. We have a late start to our night, but that's okay because we accommodate our guests. And tonight's guest is Sean Gilmore. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> yeah, you can tell what kind of a day it's been for me. <laughs> Hello, oh. welcome, Sean. Hello. I, I don't want to start the day over, but uh... <laughs> I want some coffee now. <laughs> Where's my coffee? Oh my this. It's you the late what? night edition of Ancestral Live. Live. <laughs> Get me the coffee because I think it's morning. My <laughs> lord. Anyway, I hope people are tuning in. You know, I was thinking of of, of coming on earlier and saying. We're going to have a late night tonight. We're starting at 10 as opposed to 8. But I'm sure someone's going to come in. And there's Ken Allen. Hello, hello. Thank you, Ken, for tuning in. Um, I hope there's other people going to be tuning in. Well, whatever. You know what? Everybody can go back and look at the archive show. So Jean Jerome, I'm actually going to read the intro to, to welcome our guest. Okay. So... This is episode 19 for Ancestral Eyes, and we welcome Sean Gilmore, who is a paranormal investigator. He was born in San Diego, California, but as a child, he and his family moved to Northeast Ohio, where he currently lives with his family of three beautiful children and his wife of over a decade. Sean was brought up Jewish with his family and converted to Catholicism in 2009. Most of his time is spent with his family, hiking, camping, playing sports, games, and anything else to enjoy being with his wife and children. And I know I can attest to that because I see your posts, Sean, and they're charming. They really are. Your kids are a hoot and a holler, and one of your kids is very artistically inclined and, and does Thank so you. well honest to god her her anime awesome anyway um so going back to what i was reading sean is an empath and he is he has a natural intuitive gift which helps with him being an investigator a paranormal investigator he's had profound experiences growing up as a child and into his young adult ages this is what led him to researching and investigating the paranormal. He lived his life being terrified of his home for many years as a child, but he felt that if he understood the experiences a little bit differently, things could have been a lot better for him and his family during his adolescent years. Many of Sean's feelings as an empath have been confirmed in numerous occasions. Yes, for sure, even on our show. Even to this day, he is amazed when he gets confirmation on what energies he picks up. Sean investigates the paranormal in hopes to help other people understand that the poor paranormal is actually normal. It is. It's just another realm. Sean was an investigator and a team manager for Ectovision Paranormal, where he led investigations for private residents and businesses. He also took on the role of debunking the evidence that was found during the evidence review. Sean has investigated numerous private homes, famous locations, and a few famous locations that Sean has investigated includes the Ohio State Reformatory, the Monroe House, 
and the Hinsdale House. He loves investigating parts of the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. That's near you, isn't it, Sean? It is. I think. It is. Oh, what an awesome place that you live. Right near a park, too. Yes. And there's Bigfoot, too. Oh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, other and also other state parks and cemeteries with strong history where there have been claims of the paranormal activity. Ohio seems to be the place for paranormal investigations. I've got to come sometime to Ohio, definitely, and, and do some investigations with you for sure. Sean's true passion in the paranormal is conducting private home investigations. This is where he feels like he can really help people the most and believes that most private cases are clients who are afraid because they don't understand what's going on and, un and unintentionally provoke the spirits out of fear. He believes in most cases that by bridging this communication, this communication gap between the living and the spirits, he and his team are able to help their clients coexist with the spirits in their homes together. Sean's story on what got him involved in the paranormal in the first place can be read in Encounters with the Paranormal, which is published by Haunted Road Media and is available for purchase on Amazon. He also appeared on the Travel Channel in the U.S. and on the Escape Channel in Canada on Season 4 of Paranormal Survivor and was featured on several episodes of Haunted Case Files Season 2. You can also catch Sean on his own podcast show called Into the Abyss on RU, RU Media Network's Facebook and YouTube pages. And this podcast airs on speaker and available on most other podcast outlets. And that is on every Wednesday. I think at, you start at 8 o'clock, isn't it, Sean? Yes, 8 o'clock Eastern. Okay. All right. So without further ado, I am happy to have our friend Sean Gilmore on tonight. And, um, you know, like I said, you as a paranormal investigator, um, you come from it from, I call it, um, an honest background in the sense that you had your own experiences and this is what brought you here. So let's start there. Let's start with, before we get into your spiritual path and that sort of thing, let's start with what was it that really triggered for you to, to try to understand the paranormal and start your investigations? So, well, I, you know what, being completely honest with you, um, when I was a kid, before, when I was a young kid, my best friend and I, we would ride our bikes to the library and we would go and we would read about the paranormal. And we would, you know, that's where I learned about the gray lady. That's the first time I saw the photo. I remember sitting at our table at the, at the library and, and reading and seeing that photo. And so we would do, our homes were built by the same, well, designed by the same guy. His, he and his son lived like right behind each other. And we lived in a, um, in a suburb of Cleveland called Shaker Heights, Ohio. And mm -hmm. um, our houses were pretty much identical, uh, except for a few minor details here and there. And so we would kind of like do little investigations when we were kids. Like we would uh -huh. like put like our, my, his parents' silver in like certain positions and like see if it would move a couple days later and um i never 
we would do the same thing at my house, but I and I would I know I would never touch it. And sometimes it'd be different, but who knows? There's five people living in the house. Who knows? Anyone could have moved it. Uh-huh. But uh, he, I sometimes I wondered if he would move his stuff because his stuff is always moved. And uh, but I, I don't know. So we we'd always do these like little investigations at our homes and stuff. Um, uh-huh. But it was never anything like serious. It was just doing little tests like that, and uh, it was more like games, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, um. And then my family moved to a town called Chagrin Falls, Ohio, and we lived in a condo. We were the first kids to live in this condo. These condos were essentially tall brick apartment buildings. And okay. um, yeah. you could actually see on the sign, it said, the, it was called the Citadel. It was called, and then you'd see there was like a big white sticker that said adult community only. That was covered with a white sticker. And okay. so we were the first kids to live there, um, and we were teenagers. And so there, it, it's just right when we moved in there, it was just like a weird place. And we had the uh, Chagrin River right across the street, and okay. um, we had and well, so weird things would just happen, right? Uh-huh. Um, we would all I'd go to my friend's house and. Uh, my mom would ask me the next morning when I come home, if I came home and cooked food and left again. And I was like, uh-huh. no, that would be silly. If I yeah. really eat in the middle of the night, I'm going to do it at their house. And not, you know, and so she would hear people cooking in the middle of the night uh-huh. and doors would lock. Things would move. My favorite, my, it was always my favorite band shirts. I wore a lot of band shirts in high school. They would okay. go. Next. Um, and so then one day I came home to my sister and her good friend using a Ouija board. And uh, and I'm just like, okay, so what's going on? And we're, they're, they're doing it in the stairwell. So they're not, as far as <laughs> my knowledge, they're doing it in the stairwell of the building, not in our actual home, but in the right. building. And so. Recipe for trouble. <laughs> oh, and not to mention, uh, our family at this point, we uh, at this point, our family had a, had a lot of uh, things going on. We were now what I know as the perfect storm. We were a broken family. We had a lot of issues, a lot of things going on, a lot of negativity. And then my mm-hmm. sister, her friend, bring the Ouija board in, and they somehow invited something else. I believe invited something else. Uh, and that goes on to her friend too. Her friend actually ended up having some negative experiences and her family is uh, Puerto Rican and they had done, I learned recently, they had done some pretty serious uh, religious uh, ceremonies to get rid of what, what they brought on. And uh, wow. well, that she believed that, that, w- that it was protecting her for a while. She believed that the the energies that she brought forward were actually protecting Whatever her. Whatever was negative was there was protecting her. Mm. After after this book pub- published, because I didn't put any names in here or anything, but after this book published, she came to me, and uh, we talked about it. Uh huh. And so I learned a little bit more about her side, and uh, she believed that this the spirit or the dark energy that they contacted. 
She believed that it protects her. She still to this day thinks that it protects her. And wow. I told her. But so I keep my distance. <laughs> so so this building that you moved into, did you know any of the history of this place afterwards? Like there was you said there's a book that was written. So was this let on on sacred land, do you think? something that might have uh, created this energy. I mean, here's two kids who bring in a, uh, a Ouija board and all of a sudden it's like, boom, spirits appear. So well, what, what's the I would story say it's really that? all of a sudden. It was, uh, uh -huh. they, they used the spirit board more than once. Um, I found out that they used it in, they, when I wasn't home, they did use it in our house. I found out that they even used it in my bedroom. Uh, <laughs> right. Nice I, uh, yeah, right. Um, I mean, I've I've seen since since all of that. I I always felt like something was watching me through the mirrors of the place. It didn't matter what room where the mirrors were. I took the mirror out of my bedroom. It got to the point where I wouldn't sleep in my bedroom. I didn't know why. I felt completely uncomfortable in my room. It was not okay to be there. I slept on the couch. I mm -hmm. um, I had a friend that was with us. She told me to. Put a ring of salt around the where I slept, and I did that. And, and did you that, feel protected? No, I got attacked in my sleep. I was, oh. I was, oh. I found myself in a situation where I felt like something was trying to get in my body, but I was like, it was like a dream, right? So I'm laying, I'm laying there, aware that I'm sleeping. And something's trying to get in my body. Oh, and I'm God. fighting for essentially for my right. soul. Right. And I, I woke up sitting up and screaming. How I, old were you at this time? I must have been somewhere, somewhere between seventeen and nineteen. Okay. Those, those years are kind of foggy. Those you know. Okay, I find the teen, teenage years, you know, that teenage angst and that energy that we all have, I find, well, for me, I know it was it was similar in the sense that spirits were very much um, attracted. I mean, I always spoke to spirits when I was a child, but I thought they were imaginary friends and everybody had them. But anyway, so yeah. now with regards to this, it was a condo that you had moved into. Did anybody else in the building experience anything like that? Or was it just because of this Ouija board that was introduced? No, it was not just because of the Ouija board. I think that that escalated it. Right. I think that that maybe invited it or maybe that spirit had always been there and it just kind of opened the door or uh, invited it into our into our lives more that just knowing what I know more as what I know as a paranormal right. investigator now um if you would have asked me before I would have been like yes that Ouija board brought in that that demon right. and it, it caused all this havoc and but now I I from what I know now I would say they probably just made whatever was there just enhanced it because it, it made it okay right they opened the portal Okay. Exactly. They they invited it. They they 
they gave an open invitation into our home, into our lives. So it gave it, it kind of almost gave it strength, right? More strength. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, as soon as you do that, it, it they come yeah. through the threshold. You create that portal. They come mm -hmm. through the threshold and here they are. And now, so my, my mom did yeah. talk to some neighbors and they did have experiences okay. too. The lady below us, she had experiences in her home. Um, I then, as years kind of like passed, other kids did move in there. And thanks, Tom. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's shame for the show. Now. Okay. <laughs> my look now. Isn't it nice? No. Um, so, um, some kids did move into the building as time kind of went on. This one girl, um, she moved in uh, a couple floors below. And there are these other kids that would come and visit their mom over the weekends. Uh, mm -hmm. And the one girl who moved there, she did have some experiences. Uh, it's a place is just weird. It's just a weird place. I had friends that had experiences there. There's, there's one friend. Okay, I, I had moved to Arizona for a while, and uh -huh. I moved back. My my mom has uh, multiple sclerosis, so I moved back for her, and um, she, I when I moved back, I moved in my sister's room, so, and I had my own furniture, so it was, it was nice. They had a big room with the walk-in closet. They had a nice, they had like, like, they had the nicest room that wasn't like the main room. My other room was like a closet, so. <laughs> I had like a couch in there, and so what? and I had my TV Throw in the there. Yeah, yeah. kind of did my own, everything, but my own. Literally, I had a half bath with the stand up shower, um, and nice. it, yeah, I pretty much had everything but the kitchen, and so right. yeah, so I had my own little space, and it was nice being twenty two years old or so and having that yeah. space, and and yeah. then, but. I didn't stay there very much longer. I stayed there. Um, first, Driven a, friend by the spirit? There. A, a, a friend stayed there the night. And uh -huh. uh, my toilet in my bathroom was broken. So he was waiting for the toilet in the hallway outside of my bathroom to be free. Somebody was in the bathroom. He heard somebody in there. The light was on. The door was locked. So he was just waiting. And he said he was waiting, and he was waiting. No one ever came out. And then he said he just looked up, and then the light was off. But no one came out of the bathroom. Now, keep in mind, if my mom was in there, can't walk. She's in a wheelchair. She would. Right. He would have seen her come out with yeah. her little wheelchair, zooming out. And yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a production for her, you know. And right. so. Uh, he said no one came out, but the light turned off and the door unlocked. Just like it's just like, basically, he looked down and looked up. Wow! And so he's like, he never. And and earlier that night, we there was a park across the street, or there there is, it's still there. Uh -huh. We were gonna go and do some fishing in the river, and uh, uh, as we walked up to the river, it was a calm summer night. It wasn't very breezy at all. If there was a breeze, it was very light. We're walking mm -hmm. up. As soon as we're walking up to the river, all the bushes, every single bush just went. Wah, wah, wah. They all just started going crazy. 
we both stopped, looked at each other, and both said, nope, and turned around and went upstairs. Wow. And that's not now, the first experience I had in that park either. You know, I was just reading what Claire had uh, had had asked or had said. Was it originally built over a cemetery or is the history unknown of the land of where that condo stood? Do you know anything about that, Sean? I don't. The, no? the history, I, I haven't. I haven't lived in the town for a while. I didn't do the research as a teenager. Mm -hmm. I, 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 that's not when I was living there. That wasn't what my concern was. I wasn't into the paranormal. Right. Right. Uh, I, and I, I, I suppose now I could, I do actually have some connections with the historical society there in Sugar Falls. So I probably could, yeah. I did find out a little bit of, uh, of the history of the park across the street, but not right. of those apartments. Now, those apartments okay. do have a stream that goes underneath them underground. Okay. And yes, uh, that, that right. connected. And they... actually, that's, the buildings are sinking. It's been a foundation problem since we lived there. It's probably a bigger problem now um, from the waters mm -hmm. running underneath right. it. There is, behind it is a hill. And up on top of the hill are some very creepy woods. And just past those creepy woods is a large cemetery. So, I was going to say there's there's so you've, much got, you've got you've got a recipe for, for oh, every yeah. type of spirit or a, sure. both human and non-human to show up in, sure. in, in, in Ifa tradition. Many times you have to make sure that there's no river or or water running underneath before you do some ceremonies, because if there are some ceremonies where there's water running, they, 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 you have to appease Oloku. Because that's called they're considered to be subterranean waters, and right. those areas are typically ripe with spiritual activity. Yeah, I was going to say very conducive to spiritual work, and then you've got a yeah. cemetery. Well, there you go, Sean. I think we figured I, everything I, out right now. I, I I found out even more. There's um after I got into paranormal, I had friends from Chagrin Falls reach out to me, and right. they had experiences where apparently Chagrin Falls has a pretty deep history into wicca traditions so there's a lot of spirituality and there's the native american history that goes there so who knows what exactly yes. what it is but there is that like i said it's the perfect storm they uh right. another time when i was there i must have been 20 maybe maybe uh -huh. yeah i must have been like 20 i was i was walking at the park with a girl I was dating at the time. And uh, um, we were walking back towards the apartment. You know how, how parks, they have like the little workout stations. As you kind of go, they have like, some will have like, like pull up bars. I have like a oh, sit up. Yes. Bench, yes. Yes. Little, yes, little workout okay. station. So, yeah. so we were walking past the sit up bench and the sit up bench. There is a big, big, big guy with a hood on over his head sitting there uh -huh. and I, I thought it was weird and it felt weird i don't know i didn't know what but i was like hey how's it going no it's being a young kid but how's it going all he did was like, That's all it did Ugh. and we both thought it was weird we both looked at each other and looked back 
I don't know why my friends and I always look at each other when weird stuff happens, but that's what we do. It's like, is that what's thing? I don't know, but that's so we looked at each other, we look back. Gone. 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 If you were to go and Google the Chagrin, I think it's called River Run Park in Chagrin Falls, you'll see it's a wide open park. Wow. There's trees along the edge of the river. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's it. If we would have seen, we would have seen this guy get up. You would have seen him. Yeah, you would have seen him going somewhere. We so, ran there. That's actually that's part of what's in the story here. I had a lot of crazy, crazy experiences there. Um, unfortunately, uh, a girl I went to school with, she rented a, a place there because people did rent them out as apartments individually, uh-huh. and um, she ended up having a. A fire in her apartment and she ended up dying on the way to the hospital of smoke inhalation oh wow and what what gets me about this was my first reaction wasn't like it, it was of course some sadness but my first thought was holy crap they got her oh my god isn't and that I, funny? That would be your impression that they would get her and you knew that there were spirits there. And this is something that um, I'm just going to read what Jay is saying. Are the spirits attracted to the water or does water seem to be? Con- yes, Jay. Water acts as a conductor yeah. to carry spirits. There they a- speak through the water. It's almost like water is conducive to spirit a lot more than any other um element if 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 um if you want to think of it that way in element uh as opposed to fire earth or whatever um sure things can get attached to to different objects etc space uh places and everything but water water always acts as a conductive especially when you're doing rituals with regards to misas, for example, in the African traditional, um, with the spiritistas, they use um, water, and that acts as almost, you could call it a, a um, not just a, it, yes, it's a conductor, but almost as if it acts like a, a, a magnifier, um, like a gramophone that magnifies spirits to be able to speak through the water. So that doesn't surprise me at all. So this is, so getting back to, to your story now, Sean, so this is how you grew up, is living with spirits. From, let, me, let, me just, let me just as, add one, one, one thing to that as uh, well. It's important. You know, like also because the water, water is an element, especially for not just human spirits, but also for uh, spirits that are associated with water, especially subterranean water, like uh, Sean describes, are always linked to Oloku and uh, have to do with basically two secrets, right? The secrets of Orisha Oko Nile, Mother Mother Earth, the Earth, and Orisha Oko, which is an Orisha of of agriculture and that, and or local, which is really a divinity of water, but the the sort of the, the depth of water, the depth of Iranian, yeah, very very deep water. So for both, and local is associated with all with all the spirits. It is uh, considered to be a a, a divinity or an orisha, which has to do with all the spirits because 
as we know, uh, many mm -hmm. how many people die at sea, and, and the, so it collects yes. the, the the ocean, the depths of the ocean, rivers, lake collects all those souls, and basically mm -hmm. there, there's much linkage between a local and in the world of the spirits. So that question right. is actually very 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 important. Wow. Yes. Yes. No. Definitely, it is. So. Um, getting back to what we were saying, to what I was saying, so this is how you basically grew up then, Sean. You were immersed in dealing with spirits at a very young age. And um, obviously, you know, from a fear point of view, from a fear stance. And when we're children and being exposed to something like that, I know that that would be quite scary. You know, I remember, what was it? One of my neighbors, um, when we did a seance as young children and, um, and I remember she, she was holding my hand and she felt very uncomfortable. And I said, you know, we don't have to do this if you don't feel good. Like I, I just, for me, it was natural. I wasn't afraid of the spirits at all. But for her, I could really sense there was a, a sense of fear for her and, and, and trembling too. And I know that some kids are just not open to that or, or some people are just not open to that kind of thing. And that's okay. But you, you definitely seem like you were very exposed to all of that. And, and, and were you okay for the most part for this? You know, like... <laughs> What do you think? Uh, it all depends on, on how you look at was I okay with all this. Um it was uh interesting childhood. It was interesting teenage years. Uh we we moved to Chagrin Falls. Uh we we were one of four or five poor families. We were one of I think two or three Jewish families. Um, it was, so we did, we dealt with not only anti-Semitism, we dealt with, um, mm -hmm. classism. Um, it, I, mm -hmm. I would always joke around and say that we moved to a town with a bunch of rich hillbillies. That's, that's, so <laughs> it was, it was just a bad, it was a, it, it the it was a tough time. It was a tough time. And, uh, and I think that that fed off of it and I think that it made it worse and it did affect me. It affected me in places and I didn't even realize it until again, as I learned more about the paranormal, um, I would go to friends' houses and they would have spirits and I would feel like like I was bringing more stuff to their house. Hmm. Like so whatever was at my house would follow me and right. other things. Because there was times when we saw shadows and his, especially my one buddy's house, he had um, some activity where weird stuff would happen, you know, TV would turn on and off. But then when I would come, it would just kind of like double. He would say it would double. Um, it got to the point where he didn't like coming to my house. And so it actually it came that way with a lot of people. And I had people that were um, greatly affected by coming to my house. There was one girl that came to my house. She was completely, completely like, AKA normal suburban girl. Um, yeah, she had a little bit of home problems, but nothing that like is like yeah. crazy, right? But she, um, she ended up trying to kill herself in my bedroom. You're kidding me. Not at all. Jean Jerome, oh. I sent you a link to a 
Google document. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on that document, it's kind of, it's my written story that is published in this book. Um, in that story, there's also pictures that I supplied with that story um, that show the apartment that I lived in and the mm-hmm. aerial view from Google Maps of the area. So you guys can hear oh, I'm, I'm a visual I, So I think I saw, I think I saw that. I, did you send it to me, Jean Giraud? Sorry, what was that? So he just sent it to me now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, wasn't there something about an aerial view that you could see? You're you were surrounded by parks, right? Yeah, from what you could say. Um, okay, I thought it was one. No, that was one, one park. It's like a small park that they have. A, it, what it was, it was the old dump. That they cleaned up and they turned it into a park. Oh, okay. Well, hey, that's what we, I was told. That's what I was told. That what area was that was right next door to there is where the city like salt dome is, mm-hmm. where they keep the the winter salt and everything. Uh, right. And they ended up cleaning up this dump and they they turned it into a city park. So who mm-hmm. knows what all happened in there? No, exactly. And so we, so getting. So no, getting right. back to this, okay, so this girl goes to your to your home and in your room tries to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did okay, so did at any point in time did you feel like you needed some sort of professional help? Um was was there something that sparked um a, an urge for you to to get someone like a um I don't know an exorcism done, you know, get a priest in or, or someone to help you. Now, so, <laughs> go, that, yeah. I would talk to my Take mom. From there. I would talk to my mom about it. And she would just say, just ignore it. If you ignore okay. it, it'll ignore you. If you're nice to it, it'll be nice to you. Um, now, with that being said, I did go to the, the, my friend who told me to, to do the salt. Um, she right. told me also, you know, if I feel something around and, you know, tell it it's not welcome in your space and to get out. And if like, so I would do that. I'd walk into yeah. our condo. I'd be like, you're not welcome in here. This is my space. And I close and? the door and I go in my bedroom uh-huh. and I would do the same thing. And, but it, it wouldn't always listen that night that, um, that my, I told you about my buddy when the door, uh, the bathroom door locked. Right. I, I, we were watching a movie, you know, and I, I brought some snacks from the kitchen and as I was closing my door, I just kind of like quietly said to myself, you know, you're not welcome in here. Stay out. I closed the door. The whole energy shifted. My friend even asked, dude, what was that? What, 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 what was that? I was just like, oh, don't worry about it, man. He's like, no, that is like, it feels weird in here now. What did you do? I was like, oh, Uh I just. I just told the spirit of my house he's not welcome in here. He just looked right. at me like, huh? <laughs> and so, um, and so then we, we were watching, we went back to watching our movie. And I, I don't, so, but that, that, Interesting. Escalated, that escalated. So it went from me just saying, stay out to stay the F out. And I'd be cussing it. Oh. Out. And right. my stuff would come up missing. And I'd be like, what the F did you do with my stuff? And I'm like yelling uh-huh. and cursing it out. So I then 
added more negative energy to it, I think that I escalated it even more. Right, right, right. And my one time, I I'll always remember though, my sister and her friend, I came home another time, they were using the spirit board, and they're like, I was like, you know what, let me try it. Oh no. So I tried it. Nothing and? happened. Nothing. Really? Nothing happened. The, the planchette did not move at all. I was like, whatever, this is stupid. I got up and that that stairwell where they were at, that's where we were, where we smoked our cigarettes. And so I was smoking my cigarette. And I was like, ask it, because it's like asking yes or no questions. I'm like, ask it why why it wouldn't talk with me on the board. And it said, couldn't, or it said can't. Right. And I was like, why not? Said confused. I'm confused though. You can't go through me because I'm too confused. <laughs> I'm too confused about my beliefs. What is that what it is? And it went to yes. Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I yeah. think I'm too strong for you. Yeah. I didn't stick around for the response on that. Yeah. <laughs> you just got up and left then. Yeah. So okay. Um, I'm gonna take what uh, Jay is just uh Jay Sword. Hi Jay, thanks for tuning in. Um, Jay says, my understanding is that if you cuss at it, it feeds off the negativity. Aren't you supposed to do it with love as it repels it? Well, I don't know. Jay, I look at it this way. I would agree with you in that any kind of energy that you give to it, whether it be negative, whether it be super positive, if you want to look at it that way. If you expel that energy, and when I say expel, you, 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 you create that energy, that will feed whatever spirit is around you, okay? So it really doesn't matter whether it's negative or it's positive or whatever. It is an energy. You create an energy and it is food for another spirit to feed off of. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it will react and it will react in the way it needs to, in order to communicate. So Sean, did you at any point in time feel like this spirit or spirits wanted to communicate with you besides using the planchette? Of but, the, but, uh, the board? But, but just before you you ask, uh, he answers that question. Jay's question is very important as well because there's an underlying, an underlying okay. tone of that okay. question which Don't you can't know. ignore. Uh, no, 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 not yeah, to ignore. The the, the the thing is with with Jay is asking a, a common misconception when it comes to spirits, and the de depending on the spirit you're dealing with, whether human or non-human. Mm-hmm. Not everything responds to love. Not everything is capable Absolutely. of understanding or, or dealing with love. So the one thing that with any type of spirit, until you divine or until you see or until you know exactly what you're dealing with, the fundamental thing is respect and seriousness. Thank you. Don't you don't joke. You don't ridicule. You don't take right. it lightly. You don't also try to Absolutely. make it your, your, your bosom buddy until you know what you're dealing with. Some spiritualities are meant to help or can come into your life to help. Other spiritualities are not meant to be there and need to be removed. Absolutely. I, Thank you, Chandra. And yes. Yeah. And, I, and Jay, I was not making light of the situation. The energy 
is an energy and it is what the spirit feeds on. But exactly, it's a respect that you have to have. So with regards to to what you were doing, Sean, mm -hmm. did you feel like this spirit wanted to communicate with you? And did you want to communicate with it besides using the Ouija board? Um, was there at some point in time, like how did that progress to you wanting to be an, a paranormal investigator? Because I'm assuming it's because of your past as a child and the things that you've experienced as a teenager that moved you forward in that direction. Mm -hmm. um, for me, well, first I, I do want to add your intention on how you talk to and treat spirit is very important. The energy you put out Absolutely. when you're dealing with any spirit is very important. I have learned so much about spirituality. I now, I consider myself more of a spiritual Catholic than Catholic. Um, I, I mm -hmm. call myself a spiritual Catholic. I carry a pouch of crystals. I, uh, I have crystals at my desk over here. I, I also have my crucifix. I have my St. Michael medallion and my St. Benedict. Um, so I, I am right. a spiritual Catholic. I have learned so much. There's so much more to just one thing. There's a lot of gray areas. So I, I'm sorry. I felt the need. I felt the need to really say that. No, uh, I, the do. thing I think saw me, I think, as a challenge. Hence it trying mm -hmm. to do what it did when I was sleeping on that couch. Yes, I think so too. I really it saw do. Me as a challenge, it wanted in me it wanted to control me and for some reason it couldn't and so it saw me as a challenge that's personally what i think it was mm -hmm. able to control other people that came into my house mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it wasn't able to control me now did it negatively affect me and help me make some bad choices along the line maybe but mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. not going to give excuses for the bad choices that I made. It sounds like <laughs> a good idea, though. It's like, yes, I had, the extra drink. I had that extra drink because of the spirit of my house. That's a right. Good, that's a good excuse. Right. That. <laughs> that's that's your excuse, and you're sticking to it. <laughs> so, um, okay. Oh, my gosh. I just realized something. Behind me is a little furry guy. Can I go grab it real quick? Sure. Go yes, ahead. yes, yes. Of course. Yes. I love that little furry guy. He's one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't work. It's right. broken. But this little guy, it's called. <gasps> oh, right? Bigfoot. It, it, it kind of does look like a little Bigfoot. So yes. the way that it works is it responds to light. If you were to cover the eyes. I'd make like the beeping noise go and the, the nose lights up. So you can kind of like see little sensors there, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pitch darkness. This thing would go off. No lights are on. This is supposed to react by light. It would go off. It would go off all by itself. It would be laying on the ground like this. And uh -huh. it would go off wow. by itself. This thing, I I just found this at my mom's house probably about a year ago. I was like, Bob, why do you still have this creepy-ass, freaking stuffed creature? She's like, oh, I don't know. My mom, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you're a pack rat, because now I have this. I'm going to have someone fix it, and I'm going to try and use it. This thing, I'm going to try and use it on investigations. 
I mean, it worked when I was a kid, yeah. you know, and wouldn't that be cool? So, yeah, this little guy, he looks like an Ewok Bigfoot guy. It's <laughs> Absolutely. I'll make you laugh. I'll make you laugh, Sean. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to say yep, nub. Watch it go <laughs> off right now. Oh, mama, yep, nub. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so was this, whose toy was that, Sean? Is that yours or your sister's? Mm, so we, when we lived in Shaker, we lived with my grandparents. My mom lived in California. This uh -huh. is one of the gifts that my mom sent us when uh -huh. she was in California. So, I don't But this thing would scare the crap out of people in our house, and it would scare the crap out of us. Because it would go off with no reason, and uh, even if well, I were, I think if I were, there'd be a reason. I I think there would be a reason, definitely from the, from the sounds of where you lived and the spirits that oh, were around there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but like all of this was before any like paranormal investigators were well known. It wasn't like it was. If I would tell people stories, people would. I look at me like I was crazy. And they would treat me like I was crazy. So I don't it was hard. And so I go to my mom. I'm like, Mom, what's what's the deal? These things are messy. She's like, I know they mess with you. And I know you're having a hard time with it, but you need to ignore it. Right. That's all she would say. It's ignore it. It'll go away if you ignore it. Right. I'm like, and, and, and did it? it? No. Are we right. what we had to do to get rid of it. Um. What well, ended yes. up happening? So tell me what what ended up happening. So years go by, right? So we lived there, mm -hmm. and uh, my mom ended up selling the place, and she got another place, and was, so we're all kind of like spread throughout Northeast Ohio, and uh, um, we go to we get this. The same girl who did the spirit board in our house. Uh -huh. I bought a trailer off of her. Okay. Uh, in the trailer park. Okay. And really cheap. It was a, like I, we were. My wife and I were just starting out. It was so cheap as an offer we couldn't refuse. So we right. moved in. And there were like some weird things about the place. You know, like all the mirrors were covered and whatever. And I have like some other experiences. And I was like, whatever. Okay. This is before I was. This is before I was baptized. This is okay. so I lived in this place as I'm going through um, RCI to become baptized Catholic, and um, the reason why I got baptized was because I felt like I needed to do more because I knew I wanted to investigate. I wanted to help people that went through the things that I went through, and so right. I knew. So it was like a whole spiritual path that I kind of went through. Right. And so one night I'm sitting there watching TV and, you know, these uh, modular homes, the living room is here and my daughter's bedroom is here. So I could literally see right into her bedroom. She sat up one night and she's like, no, I don't want to. That's mean. And then she laid back down and I'm like, I called out to her. I'm like, are you okay? She was sleeping. No response. So I got a um, a recorder app on my phone, 
And uh -huh. I mean, she's she's now um, 13, so it wasn't too long ago. Uh, uh -huh. We had a, a digital recorder app, and I I asked, "Are you messing with my daughter?" Uh -huh. Clear as day, yes. And I was terrified, so I took the the file. And I found a paranormal investigator team and I emailed it to them. At this point in time, this is when paranormal teams were getting to be well known. Like I said, I wanted to become one. And it right. wasn't anyone I knew, right. but they were like, that is definitely an EVP. Where are you? Who are you? And they started asking me all sorts of questions. I'm like, no, I'm going to deal with this. Right. So my mom right. had a friend in town who is, uh, who she said was a Native American medicine man. And he came ah. into my house and um, he said that our family has an attachment. He says our entire family has an attachment. I was like, you know what? That actually makes sense. Now, your entire and family, meaning your current wife and children or you, you as a child and me, your mom. Was this something that was brought forward? He was saying me my mom and my sisters. Absolutely. Okay. So that's I what he was saying. And so, yep. and he said that there's a portal in the, in that house, which kind of considering who I bought it from, which I didn't even think of it until that moment, honestly. And, uh, um, so he came in. Oh, and I also had a, um, native American spirit wheel that I purchased in Arizona hanging up in my, I thought it was a, a thing for protection, um, but he said that spirits can attach themselves to it and use it as a way. Um, so he ended up um, taking that and burying that somewhere or something. I don't exactly know. That's what he okay. said. Um, and then um, we saged the house. And uh, when we did it, this was right after, mm -hmm. I think this was right after I was baptized. It was either right after or right before. Okay. I don't know. So yeah, we're we're talking like ten years ago. I'm sorry. So yeah. So the, okay. and so that then shortly okay. after that we moved. And I mean, you we moved, moved away from the modular yeah, moved, home, this trailer. Well, we we moved from from that smaller place to a bigger place because we wanted to have our third child. Right. And our we didn't our our son and our daughter were sharing a room. We didn't want them to share a room anymore. We need a bigger place. We were we were outgrowing yeah. that place. Yeah. So we went and got that place before we bought this house that that we now own. Right. So. Um. So yeah, we cleansed that house and then we went there, and then started my paranormal journey. So that's when I learned I was an empath. That's when it all, it was at the very beginning of that journey. It's just the way it all fell together. It's definitely not uh -huh. an accident. I believe, I believe, I, I tell people so many things, like, things don't happen on accident. I believe in, I believe in fate. For lack I of better terms, I believe in fate. Things happen for a reason. My wife and I met for a reason. All these things fall into place I do too. for a reason. And, um, I found I, out. I believe that too, Sean. Yeah. The way Sean, I, I, mm -hmm. sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the way I found out I was an empath. Do you want to hear that story, or, or are we not yes, ready for that yet? Let, let, no, let's I just, was, 
Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Teresa. There are a couple of questions I'm, lined up. So I was just okay. going to say, when you say empath, to me, that means you have a natural gift, an intuitive gift that mm -hmm. I would say is more on the side of being a medium as opposed to being, I mean, that's a certain characteristic of being a medium is to be empathic. But I think for you, you have a natural tendency as a medium and therefore spirits are attracted to you. And I think that this runs in your family from your sister, from your mother. This is something that is ancestral, I would say, and actually familial, not familiar, familial, that this mm -hmm. runs in your family. And this is a gift that you have. This is why I believe you have this gift. It has presented itself and where you now have, and it's led you to be a paranormal investigator. Now, yes, Tell me how that happened and how this links to you actually converting from Judaism to Catholicism, because I'm sure that these two are tied in together. So go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just want to uh, allow Jean Jerome to say what he's going to say and then to look at what Claire had wanted to, uh, to say. Go ahead, Jean Jerome, before we get back to that question. Okay, so we got a couple of questions and, and things are are picking up in terms of uh, interesting comments and questions. So yes, yes, yes. Uh, Claire was, the more you ignore a spirit, the more they will try to get your attention. Absolutely. Ken Allen says, I'm curious, what do you do to protect yourself and clean yourself during and after investigation? I'm leaving in the morning to perform an exorcism for a couple that do a, that do paranormal investigation. They, have, they don't have a good idea or a method of protecting, prevention, and cleansing. I'm helping them with all of it. What is, what if, what is, if what any, is, your, method, if any. Uh, your method or methods? Thank you. Okay. Yeah, bags of goodies. Oh, bags of goodies. Okay. So, so before we get into the, the spiritual aspect and how you um, became a paranormal investigator um, and how your spiritual belief had changed, let's just, let's answer those questions, shall we? So in order to answer um, Ken Allen's question, given the fact that you're a paranormal investigator, what is it that you do yourself to protect yourself? Okay. before going on an investigation before every investigation i shield myself i've learned to shield i say i pray i pray to um i, I okay i pray to my spirit guides i ask them to protect and guide me i um pray to the lord and i pray to okay. saint michael and if i feel like um other angels i've i've called other angels to me as well um but i i shield and i use the intention of nothing negative is allowed in or around me however i want to know what's around me i want to experience what's around me and so depending on the place i'm at is how i change the intention of my shielding um for instance the last investigation i did i kind of do like a, a like a i did a like a white light of fairly right. light glow welcoming glow to right. want to i want to bring i want Around. to see welcoming 
I want spirits to be attracted to me. Um, now, I there was one job that I worked, I would do a mirror. So anything would bounce right off of me. I would feel nothing around right. me. I was not aware of any energy. And it, right. it, if you use these intentions, it's crazy how well it worked. I did not believe it because you're you're building, you're taking energy from the ground, and you're building a shield, and you're building an intention, Absolutely. which is like it's like using your imagination almost. I don't don't know another way to explain it because no, I'm just like a regular exactly guy, it. right? And and so you're you're building it, and it's just like weird. It works. Like you build these shields, it Absolutely. works. You build your intention. And it works, and it keeps it. And it, for me, it protects me, and I'm nothing negative in or around me, and nothing's allowed to attach themselves to me. And then afterwards, I say another prayer, um, whether if it's there on location or if it's right before I go inside my house, um, because Perfect. I'm very mindful of my family. Um, Perfect. But if I do need, oh, I also have my crystals. Let's see what you, I. They're actually, I keep them in my bedroom, but I have some here. Right. I have a... Perfect. You know what? I do have... I just got this new amethyst skull. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, and I then, love that. Do you take him with you on uh, investigations? As I just got him. He needs, to, he needs to go and sit through a full uh, moon phase before yes. I do anything with it. But I, think uh, so I literally just him and everything. It. And then charge yeah. him and 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 give him a purpose to protect you and whatever. No, totally, yeah. you're totally on board, Sean. And then oh, I I've I've learned I've learned a lot, and so I have this yes. cat's eye here. Yes, grounding. Um, I think okay. that those. And then I have a, an old amethyst skull, but this is my. But that's I I do use crystals. I have an Apache tear that I wear around my neck that a good friend of mine made for me. Um, Perfect. So. Uh, but I also have a crucifix. I have the crucifix and chain that I was baptized in. So my wife had it blessed by the priest to mm -hmm. give it to me as a gift. And then I was baptized in it. So it's like double blessed. Double so protection. It's like Absolutely. double blessed, right? So, yeah. Um, and what's actually, I have a weird story about that one from a past investigation, but. Okay. Um, so depending on what it is, I also have St. Michael pendants. Uh, right. And uh, I have, a, in my home, I have crucifix with a St. Benedict medal on it for extra protection. All of them have been blessed by, I use, uh, by priests. I use that in exorcisms myself. And, yeah. And that's that's what St. Benedict is used for. So Absolutely. Um, but I also cleanse my house. And what I use to cleanse my house, it, it and or a uh, Sometimes it's a client's house. Uh, my favorite thing to use, of course, is sage. I love white sage. So that's what this bag mm -hmm. is. This is a bag mm -hmm. of, of uh, loose. Of goodies. Loose. Is that part loose of your sage. goodies? Oh, yeah. It's just a nice. it's just loose sage. It's just a big old bag of, like, like it's not even, it's like a, it's like a, like, oh, nice. All nice this loose nice. white sage. And then my favorite thing to mix with it. What? Cedar. What is it? What is it? Cedar. Oh, yes. Cedar for sure. Cedar mm -hmm. is extremely protective. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I do that. And I, I have other oh, sages too. 
And uh, um, don't I, exactly I, what to do, Sean. Um, yeah. And, do you put uh, it in an abalone shell? Do you put I an abalone do. shell and use like I a feather right and do the whole smudge? I do. And I have a smudging feather okay. that I use that has a black onyx Perfect. attached to it. Um, and I you wish know I your stuff, John. You. I have, I have, a, I wish I could show that to you, but it's actually in my car. I just did an impromptu investigation yesterday. And okay. all I always keep a little uh, emergency sack of sage with, and I always bring my shelf whenever I do that, just in case. Yeah. So all that yeah. is up there. Emergency uh, kit in, your also, in my purse. Yeah. yeah. I also have um, a bottle of uh, holy water that I use. I have um, Catholic holy water. I also have a uh, moon water that was given to me by uh, by a good friend. And then I also have this spirit water that um, another friend uh, put together for me that I have nice. only used once, but um, it seemed to have really worked uh, in the, nice. the house that I did the saging in. Um, and then every if I feel the need, um, I, I always keep a little bit of... Palo Santos? Yes. Always keep a little... Okay. I don't know. It's just you never know what you're going to need. And uh, kind of listen to, to it's my... almost like a kit. It's like an it uh, paranormal investigator's <laughs> kit. I, oh. I I have one too. You know, if I'm going to go do an exorcism, I have a whole different bag of tricks that I uh, that I take with me. You, um, you have to. Well, I I'm not one of those people that's in. I'm not. I don't like the term ghost hunter. The reason why I don't like the term ghost hunter is because I'm not out hunting ghosts. I'm right. out. I want to gain communication. I want, and I'm respectful. I want Perfect. to it's learn true. more so I can help people. That's when I go to uh, the famous locations, the historical locations, it's for mm -hmm. really two reasons. One, to help support those locations because they need, they need the donations. And two, because each interaction is a learning experience. So that's why in in my bio I mentioned the Monroe House. That's in Indiana. That house okay. is insane. It's insane. I've never been to a place like that. And it's a house. Really? You go to that house and you feel like you're in a cemetery. But it's a oh. house. If you were to go there blindfolded and you were to guess where you were at, you would not guess you're at a house. You would guess that you're in a cemetery just because that's how it feels when you're there. Wow. And, and how far so, is that from your home for you to go? A couple to hours home? away. Three, four oh, hours. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's so, not bad. That's not yeah. too bad. I'm just going to read what Ken Allen says. Um, good. Excellent. I wish more investigators would take steps to protect themselves. Well done. Yet those things do work. I especially like the methods of protection you you're going to use based on case-by-case -case basis. You have much potential in the magical community. Absolutely. I think so. I think Sean's got a good basis in, in knowing what to do, and, and he knows his stuff, especially when it comes to paranormal investigators. Because you'd be surprised, Sean. I know, I know for myself what I do to protect myself. But there are people out there that run around doing investigations and they haven't a clue what they're doing. They have nothing, no protection, no nothing. And then something serious happens to them. And then it's like, oh, my God, now what? 
Well, you know, right? right? Um, so I think it's important. I think it's important. Um, and I'm going to take one more before we continue on with our with our conversation here, because I want to move forward with our show with regards to the spiritual uh, path that uh, Sean had taken and and the result of that. So one more uh, question for Jean Jerome: What is the EFA view on the ide ideology? Sorry, I'm going to reread this again. Jean Jerome Baudry: What is the EFA faith view on the ideology of an of on birth we were born okay well, no I, I, I'm, I'm, i'll read it okay what is the faith view on the ideology of at birth or on birth are we born con un muerto assigned to so uh, okay. in if as, as everybody who's tuning in knows has many lineages many um, cultures in which it basically uh, manifested and was practiced. Um, the reverence for so what we call the Joto uh, is very prevalent in uh, Jisa, Fa Ifa, Jisa, Fa Jisa, Fagbasa, especially in Abome and Benin, among the Vodun Fa people. Um, interestingly enough, as we've commented in many shows, the Fa Corpus, uh, Afro-Cuban Ifa Corpus, uh, is strongly influenced not just by Yoruba or Nigerian or Yoruba uh, SAFA or traditions or lineages, but also very much so by the Jisa school. Okay, and again, there were uh, four major schools of Fa, which basically from which everything else, all the lineages sprang from. The one most commonly practiced in Nigeria is Gongong the one uh, among the Yoruba, the one most prevalently uh, practiced in center to north of what is today Benin or the kingdom of Dahomey in Abome was uh, Jisa. And then you had Abokobi, which was practiced very heavily in Togo, south of Benin, and is considered to be a mix, or Afa and Ato as well, which is considered to be uh, a mix as well. So in the Jisa part, the Joto plays a very prominent role. In Ifa, in the Afro-Cuban Ifa corpus, although masked and hidden because of language and terminology, there are seven Odus that I've been able to isolate that it's clearly talking about the ancestral guiding spirit. In other words, the, the chief ancestor, which is not necessarily very seldom is a blood, blood. relative mm -hmm. which is in charge of uh guiding the person when and and accompanying the person or uh on their journey to earth together with the orisha laboratory together with the path of issue that co corresponds to their destiny or odu vifa etc uh one is uh, there the odu is where they appear as obedi which is appropriate because an obedi is where we say a person chooses their destiny by, by basically bowing before Lodumare and choosing the destiny that they're going to live in life, which is Ayanmo Akulegba Akuleya. There is Obeka, where it, it basically says it's part of appeasing the, the planets and the nature and other elements of, of the universe 
chief among them is to uh, uh, basically pay tribute and appease your ancestral spiritual guide. Or what in Spanish, the espiritista is called a guía espiritual. The third odu where it's prevalent is oye meji, again, which speaks to all the, 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 the mysteries of death and life and is where we believe in Ifa, where death came down to earth for the first time. Okanran Sodde, Okana Okana Ogbe, Okanran Otura, where again Okanran Otura, the ancestral spiritual guide, is sought out by the uh, character in the Apataki uh, as the only source of resolving his problem. In other words, before he can even go to any other power or any other reading, must go to the ancestral spiritual guide. Oshetura and Ofumeji. So just to give you, uh, so definitely it is within the Afro-Cuban corpus. It definitely is very prominent, central to the Jisa and Fagmasa practice as we've been for the last seven years researching with Boko Nodafoji, Daniel Barreros in Uruguay, who was initiated in Abu May. Um, and definitely uh, plays a central role in, in, in you know, the Jisa in Vodun Fa in that area. So I hope that helps and uh, we'll continue. Yes, thank you. So what was the question again? <laughs> so yes, so moving forward, um, Sean, moving forward as far as your interest in uh, being a paranormal investigator, you had mentioned um, you being baptized. So your spiritual path then took a turn from what you were initially, um, let's say, following a religion of Judaism to Catholicism. What prompted that? Was this part of your paranormal investigations that, uh, that had a play in this? No, I didn't. I didn't start investigating until I got myself spiritually right. Okay. Uh, I had a lot of questions that were unanswered and I wasn't able to get the questions answered. I, I suppose maybe I was going to the wrong people because I have now since learned mm -hmm. that in the Jewish faith, they do have the answers that I was looking for. It's just, I was going to the wrong person, wrong people for it. And mm -hmm. I wasn't finding it. And um, I was able to find the answers through Catholicism. I was able to find the protection I was looking for through Catholicism. Um, and honestly, that's where I met Archangel Michael. Uh, you know, that's that's mm -hmm. where I met that, that that path. First of all, I need to say I was not bar mitzvah. I never had a bar mitzvah. My family okay. didn't pay for it. I my family was not very religious. Um mm -hmm. And we, we did the high holy days, and that was pretty much it. So that's, you know, Passover mm -hmm. and Hanukkah. What is it? Oh, I can't even think of them now. It's been so long. Um, and right. Yom Kippur? Grandfather's probably, yes, Yom Kippur. Um, yeah. So, yes, if I were to think long enough, I'd, I'd remember them all. That, that's right. like most of my childhood, but... Man, my grandfather's probably rolling over right now. But what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> so, um, so, 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 yes, wasn't, I wasn't there. I didn't feel the connection to the Jewish faith. So, 
I found it. My my wife is Catholic. It was it was just an easy path, and it's I was kind of like led down that path, and so this I went for a reason. Guy. I was, and it was ended up being a very spiritual experience that I went through, um, becoming Catholic, and it was I I don't even know if I could fully really explain it. I was in church, and I felt this energy, and I didn't I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what I was feeling, but I felt this this great energy coming off of this one couple in front of us one time at church and it was just the most amazing amazing thing and um and so it was just How nice it just How nice so for turned you into this great thing that, for sure and so then i go through rci and the, the guy who taught it was great um i but now i don't want to go to church no sense. My my total opinion of it has changed. One time I went to church and they were, and this is after I was I was baptized, um, and I didn't like certain things about it. After going a while, first of all, people people were rude about my children, which I didn't appreciate. And then mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. of that, um, they started telling me how to vote. I'm like. I don't go to church for you to tell me how to vote. I don't care if I agree with you or not. You don't That's tell me crazy. how to vote. Don't be like, what would Jesus do when you're at the polls? Or even think, how would Jesus want you to vote? Jesus wants me to have my own opinion. That's what he wants. No he kidding. He doesn't want me to listen to you. What the hell? You just totally ruined this all. I'm like, I'm done. And so now I they feel the need to go. I'm like, church to me, it's not polit- politics. Church to me, it's a connection to, to the higher power. It's a connection to yeah. God. And that's what religion to do with gives politics. You. Right. And that's what to me, that's what I think religion is supposed to give us is that connection Absolutely. to the higher power. Doesn't matter what you want to call it. You can call yeah. it God. You can call it Jesus. You can call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it the tree next to you. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> that's to me the higher power. It's the connection to the spirit. Absolutely. Good for you, Sean, to recognize that. And yeah, so it just totally turned me away. I'm like, this isn't a business. And then I found out that they were like tracking us by our donations. So that was like my first step. Like, okay, I'm not using these. I'm done. No, I stopped using the envelopes. So, like, by the time our second, when our son was born, they're like, oh, but. But we don't see that you have been very active in church. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean we haven't been active? Well, 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 the donation envelopes, we haven't seen your name. I'm like, that's because I donate in cash and I put it in the basket in cash. Sorry, yeah, you don't see yeah. name on an envelope. Is that a problem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was. It was a problem. Oh my God. So, so yeah, they, they say, my oh my God. Yeah. So no, that's just crazy. Your activity is your donations. And so, and that's why they give you your envelope with your name and your address so they can track your activity in church and the church community. So I'm sorry that that, yeah. that ruined it for me. It, it wasn't a spiritual yeah. experience anymore. It's now politics, it's now a business. And yeah. I'm now back yeah. to, well, now I'm a spiritual Catholic. So I still have St. Michael, I still pray. Perfect. That. And you know what? That's the best way to be. I I right. think I would consider myself a spiritual Catholic as well in that sense. I like going to church, but that's on my terms. And if I donate, right. I donate. Yeah. 
that's that's how I feel about it. I'll donate on a holiday, like you know, here's five bucks, whatever. But we go to a different church now when we go. Uh oh, we lost her. Yeah. It's okay. She probably either her battery. Oh, there she is. Or she or a cat. Or a cat. Whoa! What the hell just happened? I had a weird moment of uh, suddenly, <laughs> my internet just went. <laughs> that was odd. Sorry. Yeah, storm weather. Um, no, it was raining a little bit. Okay. Earlier when I came home, I don't think so. No, no storm. All right. Anyway. So. So yeah, so I, I now back to if I feel like I need a connection, I'm now back to going to the woods or a tree in my yard, and that's where I find my connection is in nature. That's how I've always been. It just I had to go through the spiritual journey to really find that, and I'm glad that I found that because I, I was able to have that spiritual connection, recognize that spiritual connection, and then as I was doing that and. After I went through this, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to do this paranormal thing. Let's go. Let's do this. Right? So, well, like, yeah. So I, I actually got in contact with a, a local psychic medium, and I went and we were talking like back and forth on Facebook, whatever. And and I went to one of her events, and it was a public ghost hunt, and um, she was going to do a like a a room reading, you know, but not a lot of people showed up. Again, fate. Only a mother and a daughter. Uh -huh. I think it was three groups all together. I went by myself because my friends want nothing to do with this. It's so funny. They didn't like, want to have anything to do with I, it, right? No, no. I, 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 we were chickens. <laughs> I asked my friends if they were interested. Well, well, one night we were all together. I'm like, hey guys, we should do this. They all looked at me yeah. like I was crazy. They're like, no, like flat out, no. I'm like. Okay, well, I'm doing it. And so I went on this. Um, the Well, the first one I did was like a tour of uh, one of the big cemeteries, downtown Cleveland, Ohio. And then okay. I, that's, I, I went and connected with Laura Lynn, who is a psychic medium around here. And so she's just like, you know what? We were sitting at a table. There was just, just enough of us to fit around the table. Uh -huh. She decided that we were each going to do a one-card reading on each other. Interesting. Okay, good for her. I'm like, okay, you're okay. in for whatever. In for I don't room, know. In for a pound, eh, Sean? So it comes to my turn. The pile, the, the tarot, and and here's the thing: I had tarot cards. When I turned eighteen, a good friend of mine took me to a bookstore and was like, uh -huh. "Pick out your tarot deck." And I actually still have it right here. And so, so what is it? What is it? The the rider weight? No, this the is traditional. The, what of course it's got the, the Hebrew lettering on it because I was oh doing, nice. Yeah. This is nice. Yeah. Good for you. So yeah, I still have the I've had this still have it. for years. This thing has been to Arizona and back with me. It's such a so wow. so you can see it's got Hebrew letters on each card, and then it's Perfect. got the rune uh, symbols on the other side. So nice. And then it, the images are just really nice artwork. And then I love it. 
each card has like an alien eye. <gasps> Ooh. Isn't that cool? Yeah, so, so okay. So I was no stranger to tarot. Like I was like, okay, okay. well, I've I've done tarot readings before, but I was a cheater. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wrote a book. Right, right. <laughs> She's like, there's no book. You're just gonna look yeah. at the card. You're gonna look at the image of the yeah. card. Pick out and, and go you're for it. Feel it. You're gonna feel the card and you're gonna look right. at the picture. So I'm looking at this picture. And I'm looking at the person in front of me. I'm looking at the card. I'm looking at the person in front of me. I'm like, okay. So this is what I see. And I started explaining what I see. And then I was like, oh, there's a lot of pain and fear. And the next thing I know, I'm like sucked in. And like tears are coming down my eyes. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, are you sick? What? Like, like there's, and, and she starts crying. And like, so, so she's like, so the, the psychic, I had to be like Sean, and she had to talk me down. And right, right. Because she's like totally at me, in right. Thing. She's like, Sean, you are an empath. Yes. And she ended up giving everybody there a book on opening up spiritually, and that's it. And as soon as I found out what an empath was, and I learned all about that, that was like the biggest aha moment of my life. It made so many things wow. make sense. That I had no clue about. It just made everything make sense. Because when you are feeling this thing, for you. yeah, it was just, it was just the craziest, the craziest thing. Like, wow, I had no clue. I had no clue what these feelings were that I was having when I was a young kid. Um, See, natural, natural, innate, natural, was, innate ability born into young, your fabric. When I was a young kid, I would go uh, two years, two summers in a row. I went to overnight camp. It was at a it was a Jewish overnight camp, and we would go for a mm -hmm. month out of the summer. And mm -hmm. one year, um, the reason why it's important that there's a Jewish overnight camp was because one year, Fourth of July, uh, mm -hmm. was on a Friday, which mm -hmm. is so we could not do Fourth of July because it was the Sabbath. We didn't get to okay. see fireworks. We didn't do anything. So they decided that we were going to meditate. Okay. So meditating. On 4th of July on a Friday. I got this feeling like something was wrong at home. I was not homesick. I did not want to go home. But something was wrong at home. Something was wrong. Something was wrong. That's all I was going to do. I'm not. Keep in mm -hmm. mind, I'm like 10 years old. All I'm thinking is there's something wrong. Right. There's something right. wrong. I went and I told a counselor, I'm like, there's something wrong at my house. I need to call home. No, you're just homesick. I'm like, no, I don't want to go home. I'm yeah. having fun, but I just need, yeah. I need to call home. I need to call home. They're like, no. They're like, you know what? And they're like, they're like, you know, it happens. You know, kids, especially in their first year, yeah. they get homesick. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not homesick. I'm homesick. Listen to me. Yeah. They're like, you know what? I'll tell you what. Just sit here on the side of this hill by yourself, get yourself together, and when you're ready, come back and join us. So here I am sitting on the side of this hill trying to figure out why do I feel like there's something wrong at home? Why won't they let me call home? Yeah. All I want to do is call home. This is so stupid. This is, And then yeah. so finally I got to the point where I was just like, whatever. I'm just going to go in there. Whatever. So that time passed. 
and actually fell asleep during the meditation. And so my mom comes and picks me up from the temple where they picked us all up. Actually, it was the JCC. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Either way, my mom comes yeah. and picks yeah. me up, driving my great-grandmother's Ford LTD. I'm like, oh, that's uh -huh. what Great-grandma died. That's what that feeling was. Great grandma died. I'm sitting in the back seat of this car thinking, holy crap, great grandma died. Yes. That's what it was. So we go, my we get to my mom's apartment. Like I said back then, I on the weekends we were at my mom's and we well, I we I don't know if I explained that. I lived with my grandparents. My mom moved back from California during this mm -hmm. transition before we moved to Sugar and Falls. So we were in a transition. We were going to visiting my mom every weekend before all that happened. Mm -hmm. So we're at my mom's apartment now, and she takes me into her bedroom, and she tells me, on the 4th of July, great-grandma died alone in her apartment of a heart attack. Aww. How heartbreaking. And you felt that. It's the table. I felt that. I had um, no clue. When she told me, I, I, was, I was more like, how the hell did I know that? That... That was like the freakiest thing that ever happened to me as a kid. I could not explain it. I didn't tell anybody. I thought it was insane. Mm -hmm. I had no clue. And so then other things built up to mm -hmm. um, then next thing I knew, my friend and I, I didn't even put two and two together. We start talking about ghosts. Mm -hmm. and We start doing things. And uh, and then we moved mm -hmm. to Falls and all that. I never even put it all together until again I went down mm -hmm. this path. And it's crazy how all the pieces of the puzzle come together. Uh, you know, another, and it's just like I've always had this connection with death and spirit. There was another time before I when my kids were really young, before I was baptized, we were out Christmas shopping for my kids, and we came home. And um, my wife and the kids were in the car, and it was cold. You know, I was trying to get the door open for them. I put my hand on the doorknob. I went to my wife. I was like, you guys need to wait here. Underneath our Christmas tree, our cat died. Right underneath the Christmas tree. Oh, wow. And I knew that they needed to wait outside just by touching the doorknob. Wow. No clue, again, what it was to be an empath. And how crazy all this was. So, wow! All again, all these things all now are coming together. All of these things are making uh -huh. sense on why these all these things happened. Why I was able to feel these. Why I was able to tell somebody was lying, and why I was able to read people. Like I knew spot on that dude is bad news. I need to stay away from him. Like I knew, like yes. I, I like somehow like I never understood any of that, and uh, um, so I, but I wasn't, I didn't learn that until I was what, twenty, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. thirty, I was around thirty, I was around thirty years old, so I'm now forty, so yeah, I was just a little bit over thirty when. All when I learned I was an empath and I got into the paranormal, and I've been doing that. Mm -hmm. So, but it's, it's interesting. I knew I, I, I bet how 
It's a crazy how much I knew to, to trust my instinct, though, because my instincts told me, get yourself right spiritually. Get into the paranormal. This is what you're you're supposed to do that. Like, I felt it, but you got to get yourself yep. ready. You got to make sure you're protected. It's like, I didn't know about protection. I didn't know. That. I still yeah. like, yeah. like yeah. Ken Allen said, there's investigators that are out there. They don't protect themselves at all. At they all. They don't have a clue. After they had the most crazy experiences on investigations and they have even said i probably should but i don't i'm like dude not yep. only are you putting yourself in danger you're putting your family in danger not only you're putting yourself and your family yes. in danger, you're putting me yes. in danger and everyone that's yes the, the good will, for you john uh, no people get it i don't get you are this guy. I mean, there's so many investigators that have been doing this for years and they still don't. I'm mean, like, how do you not? How do you not? You wear a Thor's hammer around your neck and you don't. And it doesn't matter. That's so many investigators. <coughs> there's so you many know. people. You're going to wear, you're gonna go, you're gonna wear a, a Catholic cross around your neck on an investigation and you're not going to pray before or after. How? You're talking to spirits. Yeah, I know. But Sean, but, but Sean, part of the problem is that, I mean, the world of a paranormal investigation is not my area of expertise. So I, I put that out first and foremost. Uh, I leave that more to Teresa, which has more experience, and to yourself, Sean. But from what I've seen in the little time that I've talked to or seen other paranormal investigators either present their findings or present, 60% of them have no sight. 60% yeah. of them have no empath no empathic capability. You could Absolutely. have an army of spirits parading right next to them and they wouldn't feel a thing. <laughs> it's true. Right? So they're they're obtuse, right? Like they're they're completely obtuse and and insensitive to the spirit world. So in those situations they don't they're question I mean they're curious, but they're curious in a you know quasi scientific and and whatever you sensational way, but in terms dangerous. of feeling, Right. In terms of really going in, like if they really could see, if they really could feel, and if they really had a sense, dangerous. If, and if the places they were looking or investigating really had spirit, either human or non-human, dangerous. They, they wouldn't play around. No, and you know what? It's so true. Um, I wanted to say something before, but in what you just said, Jean Jerome, it's so true. So many of these um, paranormal investigators. A lot of them do it because they're thrill-seeking or they want to see if there's really something to it or not, and they don't have the gift of sight. They, they are not empathic, okay? And they go into these things and they create situations. Like we, we've, we've all seen those ghost uh, stories on TV and, and the shows where they, they, they cause the spirits, you know, they – what what am I trying to say? They um been on they some go, of those what's that? I've been on some of those shows. Okay, well, whatever. But they 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 incite the spirits, they get them excited, etc. And they don't understand what is happening at that point in time and what they're doing, okay? Because someone in their group is an empath, is an intuitive, is a medium, and they're going to have problems. 
And this is what people fail to understand. And then they come home and then they bring the spirits home. Like Ken Allen had said, he's now going to go and try to get rid of a spirit or spirits that have attached themselves to paranormal investigators who haven't a clue what they're doing. But eventually it becomes so obvious that it is disruptive in their lives. Okay. Right. right. And hence Ken is now having to go and deal with an actual exorcism. But yeah. getting back to, I think, um, Jean-Jerome, there was a lady who had uh, put um, a comment. Sanchez? Uh, sorry, I, I didn't catch her first name. Yeah, but Sylvia, she made an... Sylvia is my cousin who lives oh, okay. in... Uh, my mom's uh, niece who lives in Florida. Okay. She said, I started having empath discoveries in third grade okay and what i wanted to say when i saw that was to a large extent regardless of paranormal investigators or not the problem is that in most families and in most society people do not acknowledge those who have gifts empathic spiritual gifts who are natural born mediums there are cultures that do nurture, but to a large extent, it is ignored. And my, my feeling is, and especially when it comes to the traditional religions, they are actually told to downplay or to ignore. You yourself, Sean said, your mother said to ignore them. The Judaism, um, Christianity in general, Catholicism, um, I don't know about Islam. I'm not too familiar. Maybe they do embrace it more. I don't know. But to a large extent, we are always told not to. It's almost as if it's, it's, um, it, it would create some sort of rift, okay, and it's demonized. Instead of really dealing with the situation, because I know myself, coming to terms with that. I was fortunate. I had a mother who did believe in spirit. Um, she didn't make a big deal of it. Okay. And our brand of Catholicism, you know, growing up Polish, it was a little bit different, but the, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that culturally our society does not embrace people with natural born gifts. And this, this is why there's so many, problems with people who have spiritual attachments, who have problems spiritually that later develop into psychoses only because they have never really addressed them or embraced their natural gifts. That's what I believe. So I just wanted to, to say something to that effect and to acknowledge that. And thank you, um, Sylvia Sanchez, for bringing that to the attention because, yes, we're, when we're young, this is when we become exposed to all of that. We are experiencing these things. And if it's not nurtured, it is quelched and it becomes a problem. Yeah. Anyway, we'll One, take it from there. That, that makes a lot of sense, though, because when, okay, when I was going through the baptism, the, the guy who, who taught it, um, he said that when we're a kid, spirituality your glass is full. And as you get older, it gets less and less. I was like, interesting. That Why would you say that? 
Well, he was saying that basically you have to work at it as you get older because when you're a kid, oh. you're you're naturally connected. Okay. Then he's talking about to God. But to me, it's now being an adult, it, or not adult, but being further down the line of this, it's a spirituality. And it goes the same way to me. If you you have, when you're a child, you, your beliefs are, and your mind is open, your eyes are open, and you don't realize mm -hmm. it. And as you get older, you're told and you're taught things that go against these things that you're open you're to. Taught. Yes. Yes. You're you're guided and taught, yes. um, and that's yes. what takes I, us away from our natural intuitive gifts. I want to read what Beth has to say here. I had a very uncomfortable attachment, and I thought it might. And I, sorry, my eyes are starting to not see small. Um, I'll read it for okay. you. And I, I thought I might lose my mind. But luckily, it only lasted three days. At the time, I had no concept of protection. It felt as if something was inside me and was looking out through my eyes. Yes, I remember, Beth, you had told me that uh, on one of your experiences. Uh, but it made me see things differently. It was very disturbing. Yes, exactly. And see, this is exactly the type of thing that we were that I was talking about and referring to you know, is if we're not nurtured and guided properly, we have things like this happening to us, okay? Because we're never really taught that. We're taught to quelch it, to ignore it, you know? Um, thank you, Beth, for bringing that up. That's exactly, that's a perfect example of what we were talking or what I was referring to. Um, Ken Allen said, you have my respect, Sean. You're a good man, a caring and legitimate investigator, Ashe. Yes, exactly. Thank you. You're right, Sean. No, it's true. You know, um, Facebook user. Who is the, the, Facebook? That's Vianney. That's Vianney. Uh, oh, she's, okay. she's commenting within the Consejo group, so it doesn't oh, show okay. her. Okay. Okay. Um, I agree with Teresa. I was personally told since I was five that I didn't have the ability to see the things I was expect I was experiencing. Exactly. And then suddenly we're told as kids, oh, you know what, it's your imagination or it's this or whatever. No, it's not. These are th these are normal things to feel. And and someone telling you it isn't bullshit. Okay. They're speaking out of fear. They're speaking of something that they know nothing of. And I believe that these intuitive gifts, they run in the family. They really do. It's a natural born DNA imprinted genetic material within yourself. Okay. Yes, it can be nurtured in anyone. But I think when we're this young, okay, like yourself, Sean, like myself, like Sylvia Sanchez, like Viani, like so many others, we have that gift and we are often told that we're imagining these things or it's not so and that i think is extremely wrong and i think now moving forward in our society we as adults we're taking responsibility for that and it's time we own that okay and hence why we have this whole channel and this network that we've created through our show is to make sure that you, me, Sean, everyone else, we acknowledge that we are 
alternative people. We have alternative spiritual paths. We came from the traditional and we've come forward because we have these gifts and we can connect with one another and understand this is the generation. We are the generation that's going to be moving forward. We have children or we know of children. We need to nurture that and bring them along and tell them it's okay to be different. And there's nothing wrong with that. Definitely. Jay, I want to see what Jay has to say here. I was told that the things I I saw were demons and I was terrified. I can relate to what others are saying. Exactly, Jay. And, you know, everything that we see not necessarily is really pretty, especially when we're empathic, when we have the intuitive gift, you know. And someone needs to tell us that, yeah, there's going to be bad shit out there. There's going to be boogeymen. There's going to be demons. But you are going to be okay because we will take your hand and we will teach you. We will tell you how to protect yourself. Sean, you were lucky and fortunate that you found through your own experience. And I think that was divine intervention by your own ancestral guides and guides and spirits that brought you to a spiritual path that you were able to look and make your own discerned decision on being a spiritual Catholic as opposed to a church going, let's collect the money and let's tell everybody not you don't have a gift and what you have is demon and what no enough is enough of that stuff right. anyway that's all i'm going to say on that subject i'm going to get off my freaking podium here jean jerome you look like you have something to say <laughs> go ahead but as we've been saying this is the main reason why uh the the purpose of ancestralized is to to extend that friendship that hand in friendship and community so people that you know are going through young people hopefully mm -hmm. who tune in at any age that have been discriminated that have been you know sometimes put through uh, i remember my mom, th th this is the eve of my mom's birthday in about eight minutes would have been my mom's 84th birthday she passed away wow. five years ago so i remember we had an old she had an old friend of hers that was her friend till till death uh, uh, he, he, he died three years before she did and they were friends since the age of four and Aww. that young man, his name was, uh, Edelberto Perez, Edelberto Perez Cañete. And when he was young, uh, he, he had the ability to see and all that. And, but the family thought was, you know, misdiagnosed or thought it was, you know, some form of psychosis or schizophrenia. And he had to receive, they gave him electroshock. And electroshock was a common treatment uh, decades ago uh, when other uh, antipsychotic medication was not available because they, they literally tried to shock, you know, the visions out of you. And I'm just, you know, in, in context, I'm just, you know, thinking of all the generations, generations of people Absolutely. across millennia that have been discriminated against and, you know, their lives made almost a living hell for a gift that they have and a mission that their ancestor came with to bring either healing or knowledge or, or open doors for people, right? Mm -hmm. Through whatever mm -hmm. spiritual, traditional expression. That's why mm -hmm. it, it bothers me sometimes. Like, that's why I think people in like doing uh, paranormal investigation or if you're going to do anything 
whether it be you know mediumship, whether it be ifa, whether it be do it in earnest, do it seriously. Don't do it as entertainment. Don't do it for yes. thrill thinking. These are not you know uh, things uh, for uh, you know circus or or entertainment value. These are real life. These are people's lives. These are people's destiny. And this, these are, you know, the, the dreams, messages, and, and teachings that are passed on from generation to generation that should not be trivialized. That, you Absolutely. know, giving, giving foot, right, to then other groups for their own self-interest to try to suppress, repress, discriminate, or, you know, lock people up or lock people out in terms of uh, of their you know natural gifts that they can express through whatever spiritual mm -hmm. lineage they wish to mm -hmm. no i totally totally agree with you uh jean jerome and you know sean good for you that you are one of those paranormal investigators that actually does the right thing you you do your prayers you go in with the intention of protection it with the intention of communicating with the spirit and really sensing what is what's needed out there. Now, so getting back to your actual paranormal investigations, you said yourself that you sometimes go into investigations with others that don't do any of this. Now, would you say that, is it because they're just thrill seeking or are they just really naturally curious? I know one of our mutual friends, Goose Gooseby, he seems like a person who's very serious and and he's had his own experiences and i gather from him he has a spiritual aspect to his investigations as well i've noticed that with you sean most of the people that that hang with you do okay so can you sort of elaborate on that are there people that you come into contact with that don't let's say and what's been the fallout from that well, first, I want to add just real quick with these a lot of these TV shows. You guys talked about like everyone. <laughs> demon. Well, these TV shows, they also push the demon thing because demon scary and fear sells. That's what. Yeah. That's why I think Hollywood does it. That's why I think these TV shows do it. Mm -hmm. They Absolutely. really push the fear aspect of it. For me, it's about teaching people. You know what? It doesn't necessarily always have to be scary. I try Absolutely. to, and it's it's a hard thing to wrap your head around. And I try to help my kids with that. We have a we have a woman in my house, and uh, she protects us. And I try to tell my kids that she's not scary. And when they get no. older, they'll learn. To them, they don't understand it, and it's scary. Yeah. So yeah. it's about teaching that. Now, I talk to investigators about why they don't do the the prayers or the protection. Some say because they don't think they need it. They just aren't believers. They aren't spiritual in any way. Um, one guy I know uh, doesn't believe in God at all. He doesn't think that there's anything that can be done to protect them either. So mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Um, mm -hmm. I've had other people say, you know, I don't want to be saged before an investigation. I don't want to do any of that protection stuff before an investigation because then I won't have any experiences. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you what. Go back. Ectovision Paranormal, the team that I was on before Dark Alley, we made mm -hmm. documentaries. They're on YouTube. 
uh, look up ectovision one word ectovision paranormal and you will find one documentary on uh rci the in indiana we did an experiment where uh amber and i were saged before the investigation and eric the team leader was not and um okay and pretty big experiences so i don't know um i i feel like we kind of disproved that theory i think mm -hmm. that you like i said it's about intention now, i will tell everybody it's about intention people ask me how i feel about the ouija board i tell them you know what it's your intention and if you are using it properly if you're doing it with the right intentions there isn't there's nothing wrong but that goes with mm -hmm. investigating. doesn't matter if you're doing an EVP session, if you're doing dowsing mm -hmm. rods, mm -hmm. if you're using a pendulum, if you're using a spirit board. It doesn't matter. If you are hitting there with the wrong intentions, then you are putting mm -hmm. yourself in harm's way. That's mm -hmm. how I explain it. it, it that's, that, to me, you're, you're asking for communication from spirit. Mm -hmm. So people believe that, that Ouija boards are... Are more of a gateway and they're more dangerous than using your, your dowsing rods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't know. Is it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does it's anybody, all personal experience. It I really is. And like you said, if you set that intention, mm -hmm. if, you know, if you go to a location or on an investigation, you go and and you are provoking. Or if you're going in there and you have full intentions of battling a demon that night, you're going to run into something negative. You've already set that intention. You've set that tone for the night. That's probably going to happen. And that's what you're attracting, right? Uh, right. If for no other reason, it's because you're attracting it or it's because you've already decided that for yourself. In your mind, what you're going to contact is going to be evil. You've already made that decision. You have You've to made that decision on. going in. How are you going to go and find something and understand it if you're already going in there with a set intention? Your intention when dealing with spirit is keeping an open mind and being respectful. To me, absolutely, Sean. That's what it is to me. I think that going in there. I mean, there's locations that have uh, that have that are known for having evil. Or door gateways or whatever, and um, if you go in there thinking that, then you're you're setting yourself up. You really are going mm -hmm. there with mm -hmm. the right mind. And no, no, be prepared. Always be prepared. I'll tell you what. I've gone into people's homes. I didn't think I was going to have experience anything, but oh my gosh, it turned mm -hmm. my upside down a couple times. You don't mm -hmm. know. So you got to no. go in there and expect and think that you know. Because here's the fat, real truth. As a paranormal investigator, nobody knows. Mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. the real truth when you're going in as a paranormal investigator. Now, if you're going in as a psychic, if you're going in with the more spiritual, that's a whole other story. I'm saying as an investigator. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't know. You can't, no, you don't. You have to be prepared. Right. Most people can't look at a building and be like, oh, there's something evil in there. Most people can't do that. They don't know. No, it's true. I think if you go in prepared, you're grounded, you're centered with an open mind, 
I think you'll get the experiences you're supposed to and actually make a proper communicative, a proper communication with the spirit mm -hmm. and you will learn something, right? You can even help that spirit or that spirit's, uh, you know, family, so to speak. I know, like I said, I've gone into hospitals, I've gone into places and all of a sudden it's like out of the blue, boom, the spirit appears because I'm open to a certain degree. You know, I go out with the intention that if there's something I need to do or to help a spirit, right. that's my intention, they will come. And I have enough protection around me that I know I will be protected. So then right there, I've set that intention that I'm there to help a spirit. If a spirit needs to be helped in some shape or form, I'm there, right? And I can actually facilitate and help that spirit. Even if it means connecting with a family member that's still alive per se, right? Then this is how I do my job. And this is where for me, it becomes fulfilling, right? Mm -hmm. And paranormal investigation is just honing that, that, um, that skill, so to speak. But it's also to see if there are spirits out there that need help. And some spirits just want to communicate. That's the other thing too, especially like when you go to these houses, right? Where you're actually supporting these um, haunted houses by the donations you make as a paranormal investigator or a team, right? And the spirits, I think they kind of, they kind of get it, you know, they're just in a different realm. You know, it's like me being in this room and knowing that in another room, there's another cluster of people, so to speak. But what separates us is a room. That's how I look at sometimes when I think about spirits is they're just in another realm because, I mean, ultimately energy cannot be destroyed, right? It just transforms and becomes something different. So I think that it really does come down to your intention and how, whoa, sorry, my drink got spilled by by my roddy here zola is is getting impatient for some reason but anyway um anyway that's all i wanted to say on that subject jean jerome you look like you want to add something here yeah no i think uh just for people watching um and sean um do you what is the criterion or how do you if you're doing an investigation how do you determine the type of entity you're dealing with and and putting it out there that not all entity not all spirit forms are are humanoid if you will or human there are other types of you know uh, spiritual entities and forms that are clearly not human not necessarily in the judeo-christian sense can be can classified as demon or those those terminologies are you know are are, are too linked to the Abrahamic uh, religions, right? In many and cases, overused. Uh, overused and, and, and oftentimes with no clear understanding of really what you're dealing with. But, but, but just to point out something non-human, have you had in your investigations experiences where you, you've seen both? And how have you, with your investigator, have you determined one or the other? Have you had a, a psychic? Have you had a person, you know, a practitioner of another belief system or how, how have you deciphered that? Um, 
honestly, if if it was something that I felt was kind of like beyond me, beyond my capability of helping them, then I would find somebody that could. Um, a lot of times it would be um, there's a, some psychics that I've, have helped me. I've had uh, other people who um, who have other outside beliefs um, who have helped in several cases. Um, I have a, I had, a, I had a case with a voodoo doll that I needed help with. Um, that was a, that was an interesting case. Um, okay. Well, do you want to share that one? <laughs> I, mean, I can. I can. I can. I could share a bit about this one. I, okay. I won't say names. So this case was um, a friend of mine who they their daughter made this doll, and she didn't know what she was doing when she made it. She her daughter saw um, her mom's friend making one at her house. She was over there playing with her mom's friend's kids, and she liked it. She was attracted to it for whatever reason, and uh, it, she was making voodoo dolls for whatever her spiritual beliefs were and uh, um well without contacting my her my my friend the mom and without permission this person made a had her daughter make a voodoo doll so we have this voodoo doll that was uh, making the mom, the mom felt it before she saw it. Like she got really nauseous and and dizzy, and um, she found it and she asked her daughter about it. And her daughter had a really strong attachment to this doll. Like just she didn't want to be away from it. Like the doll had to stay in her room. She had to be with this doll. And so um, I had to reach out to several people to help me out with this doll because. We have no clue what the intentions are with this doll. Mm -hmm. We have no clue. The intentions could have been fantastic. Who knows, right? With the way mm -hmm. that the, the dolls work, we don't know. And the daughter doesn't understand. The daughter just knows that she put some hair in there, and she maybe she made a wish. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, but the daughter had an unhealthy attachment to this doll. It wasn't like a regular um, mm -hmm. I play with my dolly type of attachment. Um, mm -hmm. It was. Uh, it disturbed the mom the way that she felt about this doll to the point where she contacted me. And How old was the daughter? Sorry. The daughter at the time, I think she was like eight or somewhere between eight and 10. She was younger. Oh she, boy. Uh, okay. This was a couple years ago. And the daughter is now, I believe in like the eighth grade now. So, so yeah, she must've been close to 10 or so mm -hmm. she was pretty she was like at the age where she's still like a little probably a little bit too old for dolls but either way the whole thing was just like weird and actually mm -hmm. what's funny is the the doll that she she found it sitting on this chair that they got at a fair they got this oh, yeah. old handmade chair it's a creepy looking chair and it's definitely tell it's hand built and um, so, actually, I ended up donating that chair to uh, a, a local historical location who does paranormal investigations called uh, Madison Seminary. So it's okay. there in that building somewhere. Um, and 
but then this so we what we did though is mm -hmm. uh out of, with instructions is i had them take the doll and mm -hmm. they put it in a bag and they put it kind of like in a closet in their house right and they like for like they're like keep it like they like slowly moved it closer into their room until they got it out of the house and the daughter like they were able to ease the daughter away from she now doesn't even basically remember the doll wow it's weird right so so yeah. right so now um i i took it to some friends and um they did a, a ritual and they bound it uh if i i would be lying if i said if i understood the whole thing but uh, they, they, you know, they, they spit the liquor on it, and they, they blew smoke on it, and they wrapped it and bound it, and now it's locked away in a freezer until we uh, figure out something else to do with it. So it's been Burn in it. for a couple of years now. <laughs> so, uh, but it's bound and it's taken care of, and so, so sometimes you got to reach out to the people that do know. Like I would have, to me, I would have been like, you know what, take it, and I would have known just. Okay, yeah, it needs to be bound and buried. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, you don't know what all the intentions are. Some people are like, take it apart. I'm like, no, I know better than that. Yeah. I want to know what that hard thing is that's inside there. Trust me. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm a paranormal <laughs> investigator. I want to know what's inside there. But we're not going to find out. No, no. no. <laughs> we're not going to find out. It's Good so for like, you. It's it's wrapped and bound, and they 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 did the ritual, so it's taken care of. It's just a yeah. matter of now. I mean, I guess technically they said we could burn it or we could do whatever with it. Now, now it's ready to go on to, but now it's just kind of the next stage. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be released. The spirit that was bound within that. You well, know? they said, they said that, it, that it was released. They said basically it's just a a I don't know, I. I with that, well, like I don't, I'm not, I don't know enough about voodoo or about mm -hmm. the dolls to to really understand mm -hmm. what the next thing is. But um, but one of the things that that I was told to do, this is probably, I don't know if I should say this on the interweb, but I'm going to go ahead say I'm it, Sean. That we should bury it on hollow ground. And so we found an old cemetery where we're going to try and bury it at. So we're there. We got a shovel. So we're like, but then we got paranoid and we stopped and we didn't. No, the, the other thing, you, the other thing you do with certain spirituals like that, you you surrender it at a riverside, and into the river, right? But that's why in in Ifa, on something like that, we would ask Ifa what the ultimate destination or what has to be, and then we would follow those those. Um, those requirements and then we would ask if any additional ceremony or offerings need to be done in order uh to to appease the spirit or the and to wash the energy away from the family of the person because sometimes you 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 give it you send it on its way but the spirit doesn't leave yeah you so, can even exactly. bury it and if you're and if you don't know what you're doing and if the entity has already you know, attach themselves more to whatever the object of their their interest is. Um, the, the the entity, if you want to call it an infestation or attachment, remains right. Right. Yeah. 
it just my finds concern, a different vessel. Right. So my concern with doing that and burying it was what if somebody finds it? So what happens? Someone finds it, unwrap it, they're going to open it, who knows? I don't know. And this is a child that we're dealing with. So that's mm -hmm. why you're kind of stuck. Like, what do we do with it? His tear, because this is a child that we're dealing with. And we don't, again, there's that big unknown factor of not knowing what the intention was with that doll. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, but this is the, the problem is this woman had a child make this doll without permission from the parents this woman i mean if there's so many levels of like that that just should have never happened now would my friend have said yes if she asked to make the doll and she understood it probably she mm -hmm. probably would because she's open-minded she doesn't her daughter wanted to do it okay if there's she didn't see any harm in it she probably would have uh, yeah but but no, but there's there are certain things you you shouldn't you shouldn't play with. Like there's certain things, like you, and you it, don't dabble. And we're, we're on the air. We're on the air, so I won't use the I won't say the Cuban expression for this. <laughs> uh, but in Spanish, we say if you want to play with certain things, it's better to play with a little stick and shit rather <laughs> than play or or do certain things because what you're bringing upon yourself. Yeah. You know, can 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 change your life, but not in a good way. No, well, absolutely. That's, that's the truth. And you know, I I tell people that when if I'm doing a home investigation, one of my first questions is, "Have you done anything to try and communicate yourself? Have you tried mm -hmm. to do TV sessions in your home? Have you done mm -hmm. uh, have you set up cameras?" Mm -hmm. And as soon as they say yes, my answer is stop. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't mm -hmm. do that. Don't know what you're doing. This is your home. I don't even do that in my home. Stop. If I, yeah. Don't. I don't. I don't do anything. I, well, I got. Uh, Stop it, or they'll be back. Yeah. I. I, tell, I, I got a. Uh, uh, a hacked radio. It's one of the tools that paranormal investigators use. It's a radio that flips through radio stations, and then spirits supposed to be able to talk through this radio. Yes, yes, yes. I know. I know the tool that you're speaking of. So yes, I have I, this hacker. Yeah. So I will. The ones I have, there's there's several versions. The ones that I have are literally they're hacked radios. That's they they flip through stations mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. they're supposed to talk through. They and, play with the different bands. Yeah, and so they. Um, there's other versions of it, and there's ones where they use different filters and things to make it sound cooler. Um, mm -hmm. But the end game is the same thing. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to try it out, but I wasn't going to do it in my house. So yeah. I did it I did it outside. I still did it on my property, which I shouldn't have, but I did. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't do this. And what oh. happened? Oh, I got some great communication. And um, I, I, at the end, I was like, just so you know, this doesn't mean that you can come to my house and talk to me because you cannot do that. Because you come into my house and scare my children, you scare my wife, we're going to have real problems. So let's not play this game. I set <laughs> yeah. that intention from the beginning yeah. that this yeah. is this is a one-time thing. Um, yeah. So 
But I tell people, don't, don't do that. Don't do that in your home. You're inviting more. You, as soon as you're trying to talk to spirit in your house, you're letting that spirit know it's okay for them to talk to you. So the yeah. next time something scary happens, it's yeah. because you asked it to. And it may, yeah. you may ask it to do something, and then three days later, it does something. Yeah. But in their minds, it's because you asked it to. It doesn't matter. There's no time is something that's created by us. That's correct. It's yeah. a man thing. It's Very not, true. the time is not. It's it's yeah. it's not a real thing. Uh, I'm sorry. Is that the wrong way to say that? I no, 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 that's right. no, 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 <laughs> no. I, no you're know, right. I was, I, I was thinking like for people that are listening to this, but some people might say, you know, this is, you know, sometimes you know the, these these gadgets and this and that. Um, but I just wanted to make a comment as as a remembering because my mom's birthday, uh, remember my mom's birthday, when my mom was in the Academy of Sciences and uh, in Cuba. And uh, my mom was a career diplomat, and she had been, was a doctor in law, public administration and law, and specializing in international contracts. So she worked at UN, the United Nations, Masipa, wow. and everything else. During that time, of course, uh, when uh, Castro took power and uh, Cuba began to do a lot of, you know, having a lot more interactions with the um, communist, uh, uh, you know, uh, party and everything else from Russia, the uh, members of the scientific community from Russia came to Cuba, but in mm -hmm. fact, they were KGB. And the KGB <laughs> had had a program where many of the things you described today, mm -hmm. right, but very early forms and all that, there was an entire program within the KGB to do paranormal investigation to understand uh, supernatural phenomena, to gauge people's psychic ability, to gauge people's, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to hypnotize them, to see their past life. There was an entire program under the KGB. Mm -hmm. uh, Remote viewing, et cetera. That's right. part of that Cold War. Well, I, Especially in the 1960s, 1960s, yeah. early 70s. What's mm -hmm. behind me is... Uh, Parapooch, that's what I named him. That's uh, a dog that it's kind of like I a love parapooch. Yeah, I keep him behind me. He's, he's, uh, oh, you're, I'm sorry, I don't know the correct way to say it. Vanny. Vanny. Time is a man made construct. Time is not real. No, it, it's, it's Isn't what we choose to measure units yes. of. Time. Using units to, right. to distinguish throughout the, the day, right? Right. And it tells us what when we have to be at work. And so we're not right. late. Don't get right. written up. Whoever invented time is a jerk. Well, 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 that's actually, this is a, I'll do a quick segue. But one of the biggest things with IFA consultations or any consultation or Varisha, and even things follow, is that when Ifa says, and I've had this situation, Ifa will pr pronounce, you know, different uh, prophecies and different situations that the person is going to face. The problem is that when it comes to time, Orisha time, the time of the Orishas, the time of the spirit mm -hmm. world, the time of Ifa is not, as we've said, the same as man's or man-made time, and therefore. 
you know, some people sometimes when Ify gives a, uh, a forecast, they ignore it. Or they always no, I don't see it, whatever. But then months later or a couple of years later, exactly what he finds shit happens. And, you know, it's one of the most difficult or one of the biggest challenges for for Babalaos and also Olorisha who consult or even to give really measurements of time. Right, because the time what they're seeing is in the spirit world's time. They're not seeing it in our in our earthly time. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that makes sense. And like when, when the one thing in the paranormal community, and you've probably seen it in movies and TV shows, is mm-hmm. they call it dead time or the devil's hour or whatever. Three yeah, o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'm not a big believer in that. Because uh-huh. first uh-huh. of all. What spirit is gonna be like? Up, oh, three o'clock in the morning. I'm gonna go mess with these people now. Yeah, I know. Like, I know it's three o'clock. In the they're clocking in. At three, right, it's in time the to clock in. Click, click. Right, this, this is time to be more active. It's three o'clock Hell in the morning, yeah. guys. We're gonna go throw some shit now because it's right three in the morning. Right now, also, uh-huh. I have noticed that most activity happens well before three o'clock in the morning. But uh-huh. to contradict what I'm saying. There's a lot of times when I do have kind of spiritual, ex, uh, I experience things spiritually yeah. around three o'clock in the morning. Now, is I don't know if the time has anything to do with it, but it does tend to be somewhere between two thirty and three thirty in the morning. Why and I don't know, but I'm not a believer in the time. I am, and I'm not like you. But yeah. the thing is that. At a certain point in time, okay, for myself, I speak, when I'm asleep, let's say, when I finally go to sleep at 2 or 3 o'clock, sometimes I stay up till 4, I find if I stay up, there's usually a reason. Because at this, at that point in time, my mind reaches a certain alpha state. I'm just about ready to go to sleep. And this is sometimes the time that my spirits start to speak to me. And it'll be things that they'll start to say or they'll put things in my mind that I see certain things. And and all of a sudden, it's like, boom, I'm starting to perform, so to speak. It's, it's when I get on there and I start putting things into my story, for example, mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook. It's like suddenly I get these profound messages and I'm wide awake, right? But I think it be, it it really is an individual thing. Sometimes, let's say for example, I go to bed and I when I was working and I had a job where I had to be in bed by a certain time, I always woke up at around three three thirty. I'd go to the bathroom, and during that time, I know I've already had a dream, or something wakes me up, and then it's like whatever's in my mind at that moment in time, I'm I'm awake. For a brief period of time and it's like okay there's a reason for this and suddenly it's it's the thoughts that are put into my mind it's the visions i'm getting and i try to remember them or i'll write them down and i go to bed but there's something that will trigger something within me and i do believe at that point in time it's spirits and it's my spirits or it could be a visiting spirit because you're when you're going to bed or when that certain witching hour happens, your mind is changing. There's that, that 
that change from consciousness. You're tired. You're, you're, you're ready to shift gears in your mind. And this is that shifting that spirits understand. And this is the time to communicate. That's what I believe. I wanted to address what Vienna is saying. Spirit speaks in past, present, and future. Yes, it does. But it's when it chooses to interact with our world. Remember, we are in this third dimension. And so for us, time is relevant. So that 3.30 in the morning waking up has relevance to me, for example. And that's when spirit chooses to speak to me or make me okay. conscious or cognizant of something. So it is and it isn't. It really is a matter of perspective for yourself and how you view it. Mm -hmm. Or it isn't, right? So okay. is there uh, any... Oh, Sean. So I, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add or I know that um, before we get to upcoming events or things that have changed as far as your show is concerned. Um, I did want to address one thing and I know Jacques Jerome's going to hate me for it. Tell me your connection with Bigfoot. Okay. With Sasquatch. Because uh. I know I have to, I have to Sean, you live in the land of Sasquatch, Ohio for me. Uh. Judging from the rest of America has a lot more sightings in Ohio. You yourself, you live near so many parks. What has your experience have been? Do you think it's because if you're an open enough person that these beings are able to communicate or make themselves more visible? Do you think? Because look, there's Jean Jerome. Look at the smile on his face. That smile of disbelief, okay, oh. for one thing. Stop your giggling, Josh. Oh, I'm telling you. No. So. <laughs> okay. No, come on. All Big right. Foot. I have never. Him. John, I've... ignore Jean Jerome, okay? <laughs> ignore I mean, him. I have been on one Bigfoot excursion my entire life. And it wasn't even like a real thing. So it was like I did a uh, a paranormal, like a con, uh, a paracon. And um, so they did have uh, Bigfoot enthusiasts or hunters or uh -huh. I don't I don't really know. But there's also a ufologist there. Um, mm -hmm. So we did a, a really cool thing. So I we went to a Native American burial mound and. Um, we did a, um, first we did like, we had someone do a blessing and then we tried to do like an EVP session and I did like the whole paranormal thing. And then, uh, um, and then we went and we did a Bigfoot thing. Cause there's, you know, like you said, in our area, there's all sorts of stories of Bigfoot. And, the, yeah. and then we got to the top of a sledding hill and we did the UFO thing. And that, and they, okay. they, but these guys did these crazy calls. They do, they do crazy calls. And that they look crazy doing it. At least when I'm sitting in the dark, like. I'm not doing any of that stuff, right? I'm, yeah. just, I'm not going, rawr, 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 whatever it is. But for me, Bigfoot, I personally have experienced things in the woods that I cannot explain. 
However, I did not see. Okay. Things I heard, I did see. I've seen lights. Oh, that's a whole other thing. We're talking Bigfoot. And um, so, as far as like uh, creatures like that, I've never mm -hmm. experienced Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. I've seen other spiritual creatures, I believe, but not a Bigfoot. Um, mm -hmm. I think that Bigfoot is probably an interdimensional being. Who? Why? I I don't get how. How can how can they tell me how many mountain lions live in Northern California, but they can't find Bigfoot? They can tell me how many coyotes live in my county, but they can't find Bigfoot. Coyotes. Correct. Coyotes are everywhere. How can you tell me how many coyotes are here, but you can't find Bigfoot? I don't get it. They can go and find a new bug in the rainforest, but they can't find Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. They're gonna find a little teeny tiny little itsy bitsy bitsy little bug. In the middle yeah. of a rainforest, a mat vast rainforest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't find Bigfoot. So this that's where I have a problem with it. But I do believe that people experience something. And I believe that Bigfoot is probably one of those spiritual creatures, if you want to put it with um Pogwaji, uh shapeshifters other mm -hmm. spiritual interdimensional beings that's where mm -hmm. i would personally believe bigfoot is okay and here's my take i see what you're saying because i've i ventured into these groups i'm part of a group that kind of believes in that woo woo stuff and i'm having a hard time wrap wrapping my mind around that because i'm more scientific in the sense that i really do believe that these creatures exist Jean Jerome, stop. I'm telling you. I think they exist. I really do. And I think people have really experienced them. Okay. Just because you can find a bug in the rainforest, okay, because you're going there and you stumble upon it, okay, just like someone going into a forest and looking for Bigfoot, they may stumble upon it. There are some weird things out there, okay. But there are communities, there are places where these beings actually exist, okay? Like the coalescent. That's my famous throw it out there. You know what? Everybody didn't believe it existed until some fisherman pulls it into its into their fish their, their fishing net and there there's the creature suddenly appears, right? And they thought it was extinct for what? Centuries, right? I think that this creature is elusive. I think this creature exists. We don't have any parameters to to measure the the fact that you know they find scat, they find footprints, they find fur. They don't have anything to measure it against because they have not found it yet. Yet they have all these so-called scat pieces what's of fur, etc. But they can't measure it against any known genus of fat of animal out there. How anyway, many, that's, how many that's countries, what I look at. How many countries around the world have some sort of story Absolutely. about a Bigfoot type creature? Absolutely. There could be well, there's so many different names of Absolutely. the Sasquatch. Um there's abominable snowman. There, I, I don't even remember. There's Thailand has a version of it. There's Absolutely. they're all over. So, but Not sure. that 
that takes me back to though how is there not proof of this i i've come across a bear in the woods i wasn't looking well, for it i was hiking i come pictures. across a bear. people have taken pictures i remember the story remember when we were on your show sean yes. and we had i had brought up the dietlov pass incident back in, I think it was the 40s in Russia, okay? And in the Ural Mountains, people refer to them as the Manx, okay? The, these are the indigenous people who live in Siberia in the Ural Mountains of, of uh, north uh, northeast uh, Siberia in Russia. And they know these beings. They have seen them. And, and if they see them, they yell out, Manx, and every... You know, every known human goes, oh, shit, there, there's that big hairy creature. And they all like split, right? Because they go through the forest. They forage through the forest for, for um, what is it, berries or mushrooms or whatever. And these beings are out there and they have filmed them. One of the things that was interesting was in that um, the Dietlov Pass, these were the, the nine student hikers that had gone out uh, during their, their break in school to go out camping in, in, you know, the middle of winter. I mean, this is what they do, okay? Anyway, and they captured a picture, and this is a film. Now, if we're talking about film back in the 40s, you couldn't fake any of this shit. And there it is in the distance. There's this creature, this furry creature, right? And he's there. It, it's, it's a well-known being. The indigenous people have lived with them, and they know of them, okay? And... You're not going to tell me that every one of them is having an interdimensional uh, um, moment at the time that they're foraging, you know, picking up mushrooms or berries or wherever it is, right? Suddenly, you know, it's like, whoa, there it is, right? Maybe they are. I don't know. But I do believe that these beings do exist. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say on it. I don't want to go any further because I know Jean Jerome is just waiting to, to take an opportunity to you know, he's on your side, okay, Sean? He's on your side. He's not on my side, right? He I'm never is, saying, right? I'm not saying that you're wrong because I, I don't really know. Um, that's yeah. that's one thing that, that maybe separates me from other people. I'm not afraid to say I don't know. But yeah. the thing is, I just don't get with technology today. I I have trouble understanding how no, to agree. So if we were talking about the ocean, then, okay, I get it, because we've only been able to explore a small percentage of the world's ocean. So, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do. Maybe, maybe Bigfoot is just like a master of disguise, or maybe he's a master of hiding. Maybe he's like the hide-and-seek world champion, and we can never find him. Who, I don't know. You one know thing what? I do know, one thing I do know is that they have found remains of giants. So there were giants on this planet yeah. at one point. There yes, were other sure. things on this planet that we cannot explain. They so no. I, I don't want to discredit it, but it just really seems like to me it would probably it just seems very unlikely for it to be a physical creature. Like uh it's the wrong term. For it to be like something from our our dimension, like maybe it's a cross-dimensional creature that sometimes crosses over. I mean, there's there's dimensions that. that are 
no, there's parallel universes, you know. Absolutely there are, Sean, and I'm so. open to that. I totally am. I think Ken makes um, an interesting point. Um, they have found DNA from an unknown primate species, also a Native American elder, a Seminole uh, native, says they primarily live in caves underground. Exactly. Now, there was something else I came across, because um, over the years I've been following people like actual, you know, not woo-woo, you know, paranormal outlook on on Sasquatch, but more scientific, that um, these creatures, what they do is they, they stand motionless and they blend. Yes, thank you. Dietlock was February 1959. Thank you. Sorry, I said the 40s. Thank you, Beth. Um um, hold on, I'm going to read what Beth says before I get back to my what I wanted to finish to say. They said cougars didn't exist in Ontario because no one had shot one or a picture of one. But then they got DNA, and a couple of years ago, they finally had a body. The people who had seen them were mocked. Exactly. And you know what, Beth? I'm going to say something because years and years ago, I had gone to Guelph for a New Year's Eve party, okay? And at that time, it was around Guelph, I think, around that area, there was a so-called um, cougar, okay? And the locals said there was a cougar. They, they heard sounds that sounded like, you know, and I mean, we didn't have them apparently in Ontario. But yet every, you know, I mean, enough of us have watched Wild World of King, uh, Wild Kingdom of Animals, whatever show to know what sounds like possibly a cougar or something like that. Well, as it turns out, a lot of local people in the uh, Guelph area heard these sounds. Um, they started noticing chickens were missing. Um, other various livestock were missing. And um, it was, I think someone actually ended up taking a picture and and took a picture and it ended up being a black cougar, okay? So then they, they were curious as to like, okay, so like where did this thing come from, right? You know, was this a pet that was released into the wild or what, you know? is there you know more than one right well as it turns out yes they do exist they're very elusive okay yet they exist now getting back to what i wanted to say um and malvin where did they find giants well recently i was watching something on one of the facebook groups um in peru Apparently, they're, they're giants and their head being elongated, etc. There's Peru, I think there's in other parts of the world, but anyway, yeah, no. And, and, and um, um, other parts, oh shit, I'm trying to remember. Peru is the only one I can think of. But anyway, getting back to uh, the skeletal, skeletal remains supposedly found in the here in the states that supposedly uh, they keep the remains yeah no bigfoot of oh a giants. giant yes 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 that's right in supposedly, in america even that's supposedly right. they keep it at this hidden or locked away at, it's at the smithsonian 
one of mm -hmm. those one of those uh, museums that they keep. So, right. So I just wanted to finish my thought on um, on Bigfoot was the fact that they 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 said um, in one of these research groups that they actually stand there and they become almost immobile and they blend in so well with their environment, they sort of hunker down, put their head down. They almost appear tree trunk like and they become motionless. They drop their heads and everything about them and they just sort of stand there and they kind of disappear, right? And it's not until you come within their vicinity that all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like they're going from this to they suddenly stand up, turn their head, and it's like, holy shit, there he is, right? So if you want to talk about elusive, you want to talk about certain characteristics and traits of animals that exhibit, like, for example, the possum playing dead, right? This, doing that. Well, a Bigfoot becomes a tree trunk. If you think about not wanting to be found, and let's say there's quite a few humans, what better way than to just stand there motion, mo motionless, sink your head down, close your eyes, and suddenly you, you become a tree trunk and you're standing next to one. Someone can walk pop by you. Yes, apparently they smell, so, you know, it's a dead giveaway, right? But, I mean... Anything can smell in the forest, a dead animal of some sort, right? You won't necessarily attribute it to that. Anyway, I kind of wanted to end that conversation with regard to that because we could go on and on about that. Yeah. I just find it's really fascinating. To me, Ohio has a lot to offer. And one day I'm going to come and visit you, Sean, to cool. go on a paranormal investigation. Also to, vi to, to visit. Oh, wipe that smile off your face. We can Josh do both. Sean. I know, I know some great and locations to do a that are great. I know places that are great for paranormal investigating and for Sasquatch. See, there you go. Oh, I'm going to Ohio. There's, there's a place stay at Sue Arison Bia's house too. There's a place <laughs> where uh, I've gone to twice with uh, of my friend John Ward uh, and fellow investigator, and we have had we've had experiences twice now with something happening and hearing a noise we can't see it because it's night so there's something in those woods something see, there in the same area. there's something there we don't know what it is it's a weird noise uh what at first um i try to discredit it as being like you know when you're in the woods and the wind blows through the trees it sounds like like moaning jean jerome stop it i swear to god you know, when I see you tomorrow, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I swear to God. So, I'm going to yeah. give you a noogie, okay? How are you going to give him a noogie? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump. I'm going to grab his head, put him under my underarm, and I'm going to take my other hand. I'm going to get him a noogie on his head, on the top of his head. Does You're going to get him. He, it does, oh, he does have some hair. Oh. Okay. Yes. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do to you tomorrow, Jean Jerome. The, we are the going hair tomorrow. In with the darkness. You have short hair. Yeah. Tomorrow we're going to Conjuration Camp. This is uh, something that we've been invited to by Utu Witch Doctor. And uh, we are going to do, um, well, 
Jean Jerome is actually going to hold a uh, ceremony, okay? And I'm going to do some readings, and there's going to be a bunch of workshops and other people to see within the community of uh, the African traditional religions and anyone else who, you know, wants to join in, that type of thing. So anyway, we've got a big day tomorrow, and um, and I wanted to now, before we go any further, Sean, your your show is now, you know, it's starring just you, okay? But you are now going back to doing your paranormal investigations. Now, there was something, and I missed it. You are going to start doing a documentary with uh, a team. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Wait, I'm doing a documentary with a team? I don't know, or did uh, I misunderstand no, you, that? What's oh, so, so, oh, you did. So my team, Dark Alley Paranormal, they, the right. Ray Goosby, um, he and the other team leader decided they wanted to do a documentary. I have to stand up. I got a cramp in my leg. So, so, <laughs> that's the Sasquatch right there. Right. I'm so big. There's a woman standing up who's been sitting for hours. Absolutely. So, John, uh, Rome, get that smile off your face. I swear to God. <laughs> What's this? Going high school bully there, Teresa. Yes, I am, Malvin. I resort to those things when I'm tired and when I'm sore. I totally go to that. <laughs> I'm going to tell Sasquatch on your dreams. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Tell him. He's so, a good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so Goose's idea for his, yes. his vision for this documentary is to kind of go back to the story, going back to our roots of what got us into the paranormal. And we're going right. to... Let's uh, go there. Yeah. And so, um, which is really neat. Um, and I, I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm happy to help. I, I'm going to be 100% honest. Um, I've done the documentary thing. Like I said, Ectovision Paranormal. If you go, yes. we've done a number of documentaries. Um, honestly, I feel like it takes away from the investigation. And I, I love sharing uh, communications and findings of spirit. But I don't like the process of filming. So, But I'm happy to help. Why, um, I'm Why happy is that? to be a part of why don't I like the process of filming because it's a lot of work and it takes oh, away the editing and the, all that kind of stuff it takes away from the connection when when I investigate uh there I I'm connecting with with the spirit and what's around me and when when I'm holding a video camera it, it takes away from from right. that from the experience. I'm Absolutely. not able to focus in on exactly it. But um, it's being a part of that team was amazing. Um, <laughs> Melvin, sorry. Um, and With Melvin saying. He's probably going to review probably it. Probably going to review it. So be aware. Right, Melvin, I, I know and respect you. And I'm I'm happy to hear what you got to say. Besides, I don't think I might do a little bit of editing, probably not a lot. So, um, uh -huh. but I, I, I told him I'd help him wherever I can. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I love the idea of going back to our roots. What got us into the paranormal? 
but really what I want to do is get back into doing home investigations. This COVID-19 needs to go away so I can feel okay going into people's homes. Um, no right kidding. Now, right no now, kidding. I don't feel... I don't feel okay going into people's homes. I, I, my kids are going to school now. School starting. Schools are cesspools. So I don't know. Probably oh. kids next year. I know, and why I'm not returning as a school bus driver myself? <laughs> it's just going to be a cesspool of germs. Right. Um, so, so hopefully, but I am doing the the pro, the public like going to. Um, I, I have a con I'm going to, but you know we'll be wearing masks. I'm going to keep my distance. Yeah. Um, but it's not like going like to our, home, like our conjuration con. right? Right, and I'm not going into someone's house where their germs are everywhere. And like, of course, I'd be like, Yeah, can you please, you know, disinfect your entire house for me so I can come in? And I have to trust that you're going to disinfect every single light switch, every single doorknob, every single piece of furniture that I might possibly touch. Because honestly, when never I'm in a paranormal, you never Shut know. Up. Oh, if I wear gloves, okay, so this is me. I'm wearing my gloves. Uh-huh. I got the Rona right there. You got a mask, right? I touch my face. I touch my face. I itch. I pull my mask. The, the germies are on my my gloves. I, I, I overthink it. That's that's where I'm at. So I'd rather can, just go wash alcohol, my hands. The sanitizer and do it. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, we it's have going, to wait. It's just going into someone's house. I just, that's just, you know... Until it calms down a little bit more down here in the I state, agree. it's 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 ridiculous. I agree. It's ridiculous. I, totally I don't agree. understand why why it's gotten to the point that it has. But I I have a good friend who is a uh, a nurse practitioner, and uh, I don't like the stories that I hear. No, and I totally agree with you, Sean. I really do. I'm standing here and I'm waving my leg back and forth just to get the <laughs> no. kink and the the muscle spasms out. Now, um, now, with that being said, though, I did take my family on vacation this year. We did do that, and we used common sense when we went on vacation. Yes, I, and, I saw your yeah. one of your investigations. No, totally. No, no, like, no, 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 I, I, I took my family to Myrtle Beach on vacation in the spring. Right. We went, and you know what? We used common sense, and we washed our hands. We used hand sanitizer. We wore masks. And we stayed Ass. away from people. And we went Ass. to the beach and we went swimming in pools. And Absolutely. we had a fun time. All it takes is a little bit of common sense. I don't get it. Absolutely I don't get it. Sure. Why is it? Why do people point? fight that? You know? No. It's common sense. It totally is. You know? I don't get why people, this, this whole thing is just ridiculous. I don't understand how it got to this point. You know what? I think that's why our numbers are down because we all kind of, you know, we're kind of, no nonsense, common sense people, Canadians, you know, it's like, wear a mask, it'll help. Wash your hands, it'll help. You know, do this, stay distance, it'll help. We do it. We're not dying by the thousands, knock wood, clunk, clunk, clunk. But anyway, um, Jay, Jay has an interesting question. What are your thoughts on shadow people? Are they positive or malignant? What are they? Sean, can you answer that? I'll tell you what I think, but go ahead. I think that it, shadow people can be a number of things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have agree. experienced a shadow person. 
it is in the story that I told you about. Um, and actually, I want to recommend, I'm going to plug my friend, Mike Ricksecker, A Walk in the Shadows. He mm. devoted his research, years of research is in this book. Uh -huh. um, he, he had experience as shadow people. Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's the same uh, company, Haunted Road Media, that did the book that my stories in. He actually used a part of my story in this book because I saw a shadow person in my room in uh -huh. that same condo. Um, oh, and Ken. I think that's bad, that shadow people can be a number of different things. Though. I think that a shadow person uh, can be a spirit of somebody who's trying to manifest and show you themselves and they just don't have quite the energy so they show up as a dark shadow. Mm -hmm. I think that it can be something that is not human and that's the way that our brain processes what we're looking at. Yeah. So I think it depends on the situation. It's not necessarily one thing or another. Is it necessarily bad? No. Even if it's not human, it's not necessarily bad. It's just like Absolutely. I said, I think it's just kind of the way our brains process what we're seeing because we're not no. used to seeing that. And so shadow, dark shadow, we think scary, so it's automatically something evil because that's the way that we're taught to think. So that's me right. personally. I think it can go either way. Can it be something evil? Yes, but mm -hmm. not necessarily. No, and I agree with you. That's a very good uh, good way of uh, looking at it and a good point that you made. Um, it's the way our brain processes it, okay? Now, it, what is it? Shadow people. Um, I think we've been influenced a lot by TV, okay, um, with a lot of past medium uh, shows like, um, what was that famous uh, one that was on for the longest time? Um, anyway, she used to talk to dead people all the time. The dark haired lady, not the blonde haired one, um, her show. Anyway, she always mentioned shadow people. And, you know, I thought to myself, what is she going on about? What is this phenomenon of shadow people? To me, when I think about it and I, and I kind of like grasped a meaning of what that meant, okay, from just watching that show is for me, out of the corners of my eye, when I see spirits sometimes, they appear like shadows until I turn my head, right? Is it bad? No, it's just a spirit. Does it feel like it? Well, it depends. It depends on what the situation is, okay? If I'm going into an investigation, I know nothing about it. I'm open. I, I, I try to sense what is around me, okay? Mm -hmm. If I go somewhere and I'm being told, hey, guess what? This place is haunted. This is whatever. I may be influenced, yes, but I try to go with an open mind even though they tell me, oh, this place is evil because my mind actually works the other way and goes, prove it, okay? Mm -hmm. Prove to me that you're evil or that this situation is evil. I actually turn the other way when I when someone, you know, tells me ahead of time this place is an evil place or whatever right anyway getting back to shadow people so for me it can just be a shadow of a person right but at the same time i have a house spirit 
my house spirit is fairly quiet. When I first moved in here, not so quiet until I got a chance to talk to him. Now, he appeared as a shadow person to someone who had come to do some plumbing for me downstairs in my basement. And clearly, you could see against the light, all right, my spirit, my house spirit, okay, who was the former owner of this house, literally bend down over like this so you could see the shadow being cast onto the floor, all right, from the light, and there is no body there. The guy who I was talking to turns and looks at me and goes, did you just see that? And I go, yeah. He went into the other room to see if there was actually a person there because there was this shadow cast, right, that looked like a shadow of a person. There was no one there. I knew who it was, and I told him who it was. And <laughs> He just sort of went. He kind of ended his conversation and said, wow. He goes, I can't wait to tell my wife about this. He goes, but I'm out of here. And he <laughs> left, okay? But, again, that is the way the spirit chose to manifest itself, right? Now, I have also seen on TV when they're talking about shadow people and, oh, there's a shadow in the corner. And sometimes I, I'm standing there and I'm going, Okay, this is a case of pareidolia, okay? You're in a place, like right now, okay? I'm going to go into a darkened spot in my house right now. And, well, can you see the spirit behind me? If, if I tell you that, you're going to start looking for it, right? Is there one there? Nah. Is there not? I don't know, right? It could or could not be, right? I really think that it, it to me... A shadow person is spirit, and a spirit could be however it needs to appear to you in order to communicate to you, right? That's how I look at it. I don't know. Like you, it, it, it really is, you know, it's how it's communicated to you, right? Mm -hmm. I hope that answered your question, Jay. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it, there's no set rule or no set uh, definition because not all of us have that same experience just because we're mediums, you know, I mean, I don't know. What does your friend's book say? I mean, he might have a completely different experience altogether, right? There's different types. Uh, exactly. And I think that's the point is that there's different types. Different types. It, it, it depends. But yeah. Yeah. And, so. and if, and if I, we, we would use a generic term, sometimes Egumburuku, which means spirit, dark spirit. We would use the word iween, which is like for a ghost or a shadow type of uh, spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and in some cases, it can also be a shadow spirit. People or entity can be also this guy, Shugudu, right? Which I is like a dark Shugudu. <laughs> Shugudu, which is a, a, a form of spirit that attacks people in their when they're sleeping and uh -huh. is like a sleep uh, entity. That disturb, but it's also like a little. It's meant to disturb, like your marriage, your, you know, cause a cast that literally cast a shadow on your on your life, on your life, right? Okay, yeah. no, exactly. So, Sean, so those are your um, upcoming uh, things that you want to do. Is obviously house and uh, house investigations. Mm -hmm. um, currently, you're going to be working with with your group again. And doing uh, public investigations and filming those, right? 
So yeah, when like this last one we just did, we did an investigation at a place called the Gill House. Literally, the only camera we used was this little guy right here. Um, oh, wow. This, okay. Um, yeah, this it's a 4K camera. It's made by Zoom, and it's been altered um, so that it will work in the, in the dark. Uh, my friend Justin Brown uh, created uh, switched out the lens in the filter, so I, it'll work mm -hmm. with IR lighting. And um, I got it because you see the whole top of it there? That's all speaker. Uh, oh, musicians okay. use this to record their audio. So I wanted something with good quality audio to try and capture EVPs. So I use it as a static camera. Um, I have friends that actually put these on uh, on a whole mount and they'll use it as their walking cameras for investigations. That For that investigation, I will always try and film something. I want to be able to share. Though if I'm going somewhere, I want to have an opportunity to try and share it. I may not always be able to, but I want to be able to try and share it. I have a uh, personal YouTube channel that has a couple of my own uh, findings mm -hmm. on it um, that I just post on there. I don't like promote or anything, but just so if people mm -hmm. come across it, um, I'm sharing mm -hmm. it um, because the spirit's voice wants to be heard. And right, so I have the opportunity to share it. So no, and yeah, that's, that's great. Fine. Yeah, so it's just that uh, my it's the paradad um, three three zero at gmail dot com. It's the same YouTube channel. Okay, so be three three zero paradad on uh, YouTube. Okay. You could probably find it there. And uh, there's just a, some, and then all the EctoVision stuff will be linked there. Right, too. right, right. Um, so I all actually got, I got a really crazy dousing rod session at the house, and I'm trying. To, I I'm still reviewing. Um, but, um, so I, that clip is still on private. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's really interesting with these. Okay. Guys. There's the Ectovision, uh, paranormal team. Okay. That sounds good. So Jean Jerome, is there anything else that, uh, you have to say about all of this? Uh, we're going to wrap it up cause it's one o'clock in the morning. I have to get up early cause I got to come pick you up and then we got to <laughs> go down towards, uh, St. Catharines close to Niagara Falls, right? That's right. Welland, actually, the area of Welland, yeah. Welland, yes, um, yes. So uh, we usually, like Sean, with you, it's always a pleasure. I mean, we could go on for hours, brother. I mean, there's so no, many stories sure. and so many I anecdotes. Know, I know. You're going to come up with it. So, well, well, but uh, what we always do for the show is we ask guests to give us a quote or something that sums up their experience and their outlook towards life. So mm -hmm. not to put you on the spot, but if there is there a, like a saying or an expression, uh, you know, a phrase that really sums up your your outlook towards life, your experience, and and how you see life through this you know lens of the you know paranormal and and also your normal life. Um, you know what my quote that I always use, it's on my Facebook page. Never stop learning. The moment you stop learning is the moment you lose. Ashe. Good. Ashe. Ashe, Ashe. No, you're right, Sean. That's so true. I I used to always say, I, I still sometimes say it. I'm always open. I'm always open to learning more. You know, you never stop learning, right? Yes. I, I, haven't, I haven't come 
to a point where I'm done. I, there's just so much more. Um, I know with my spiritual path, um, I I have so much more to learn. Uh, I have no clue what's going to be coming next um, because I don't know. I, That's I mean, half the excitement. I, I know. I need. I need. I don't know. I, I wish I knew where to look. So, but I guess fate will will lead me there. Well, keep, your keep guides will lead. Your guides will lead you. Keep, keep us posted. You, where got, you, need to go. you know you've got family in Canada, so keep yes. us posted on your adventures. Uh, right. And uh, you know, you, as I said, if there's anything you need day or night, you know you can count on us. Just message yeah. us, call us. We're here for yeah. you. You're part yeah. of the family. If there's anything that you come across that you don't understand in a spiritual sense that looks like, uh, you know, something that could be witchy, you know, voodoo-like, call us. One okay. of us is bound to know, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, there is actually a book that introduced me. Oh, again, it did more. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of Michelle Bellinger? No. She used to be on a TV show. She's a well. She's she she's a well-known psychic. Um, she's got a lot of books, um, but she has one. It's the Paranormal Investigators' uh, oh, Introduction to the Occult. I've seen her. Yeah. Oh, I've seen I don't her. know it. It's I, I. That's not the full the right title but it's something like that it's like the yeah that's her welcome to the website of michelle belanger she was, she was on a show yeah, i've seen her uh, she was on a show called paranormal state a long time ago and uh, to be honest with you paranormal that state. Is what, yes. what made me want what opened my eyes to wanting to help people it was their show because they would actually show them going to people's homes um yes Paranormal State. I remember watching them. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that so if series. you go click on books, she actually has these. Uh, she has a lot of cool stuff. But Paranormal State was based at Penn, uh, Penn, uh, Pennsylvania University, at Penn State. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Sorry. They, they, they were based at Penn State. University oh. of Pennsylvania. Yes, Penn State. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that was my that was my introduction to the occult. Honestly, it was her book. Um, and then, um, I, I met other friends. It's like, it's funny how things happen in stages. So, um, and then I, I made, I made one friend that I made, I met more and more. And now here I am friends with you guys. So, um, I I, I, I'm always interested to see what, what is next in, in my path, because I know I'm supposed to be, uh, I'm supposed to be learning more. I just don't know the, I think the, so, Sean. the right way to do it. You know, I think so, um, Sean. Very good. So thank you, Sean. I'm going to, I think we're going to wrap things up. Thank you, Sean, yep. for coming on our show. It's always a pleasure. And yep. I love talking to you. And you're right. We could go on and on about <laughs> stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to say yep. thank you to you, Sean. I'm going to say thank you to Jean Jerome for doing all the things that you do in the background and stuff. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. I know we had a later show. And we appreciate everyone tuning in and, and joining us and making the comments, asking the questions. Mm -hmm. And sorry, Jay, Michelle Belanger also wrote the Vampire Codex. I'm not familiar with that. I should check that out. Thank you, Jay. 
And Ken says, thank you, Jean Jerome, Teresa, and Sean. Great show. Thank you. And um, like I said, thank you to everybody who tuned in and a, asked a question. A, Sorry. Yeah, just a couple of announcements. So, again, tomorrow, uh, right. Teresa and I and Beth uh, will be at uh, the Conjuration Camp in Pelham Township, yes. uh, right in the heart of Niagara Peninsula. So we're going to be having sort of different workshops and doing some blessings of the land and talking about the Fa belief system, Orisha belief system, as well as wi uh, witchcraft, mediumship, and so forth. Um, so, uh, you know, we're going to try to do at least a live from there at some point, right. uh, or at least record right. part of what we're doing there. And, cool. and uh, again, uh, we're looking very much forward to it. Um, other, thing, other thing I just wanted to talk about, our future guests, again, are going to be Dalva uh, Lamimeki, uh, Sammy Shamaness, Angela Puka, PhD candidate in magic and paganism, and, and she's studying in England. Uh, Patricia Robin Woodruff, a Slavic shamaness and writer. And we have Lady Ria, or Ria Rivera, High Priestess Wicca from New York. So all coming up in future shows in the next couple yes. of weeks. So stay tuned to Ancestral Eyes. Today we did the show at 10 p.m. Again, we, we and actually for Angela's uh, uh, appearance. Angela's Symposium, on, yeah, 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 one of our future shows. 9th, yeah, it will be September 19th, a Saturday uh, new because she's, uh, you know, right. the, the time difference. So we, we will have some flexibility with our show schedule. Like we're Absolutely. trying to make it 8 p.m. And we've been pretty good at doing that for 18 shows. But we, we, we're going to show for to work with our guests. 100%. <laughs> we want our guests to be comfortable. We want to be take into account their, their you know, difference in time, their work schedules. Their, and the main thing is Absolutely. to bring everybody together and to feel relaxed and to be able to really enjoy the experience and not be worried yeah. about work or running yeah. too tired and so forth um, there, there is completely off schedule or off topic um, not 10 but I, there's there's some news circulating on the internet very sad news that almost made me fall out of my chair um, what? Black, the Black Panther actor uh, Chadwick Boseman has passed away uh, from colon cancer at age 43 so for all of those, you know, that uh, kidding. Yeah, Black Panther, which this Wakanda forever is actually a greeting done by Orishas to greet the guardian angel of the person or the Orisha that the person has crowned. But in honor of uh, Chadwick Boseman, may, he, may his ancestors oh. pick him up and, and may they give him light and help him to continue his spiritual journey in in uh, the spirit realm so my my oh, our, wow. my respect and my deepest sympathy soon for uh chadwick Boseman. I, i'm shocked i mean like i i, I couldn't adjourn yeah, the i show didn't know he was sick oh my god apparently he, he passed away from uh, a four-year fight with colon cancer oh what a shame so i'm what sorry to yell to but I couldn't. I thought it was it would be inappropriate not to, you know, especially with everything going on, not to acknowledge him. I think the the movie Black Panther did a lot for uh, African Americans and for uh, just to to bring you know a different perspective, something of a of a of a hero image in Black Panther. And uh, 
again, and of the African are, traditions as yeah, well. Exactly, exactly. In a exactly. different light, cultural expressions and uh, there's you know, images of the ancestors and the whole interaction of the spirit world. So he did a great job, and he he he, he, he uh, acted in many very good movies as well, uh, and shows like Lincoln Heights. Uh, he was in a bunch of other movies uh, as well. So again. Uh, I think the uh, Hollywood that you know lost a major major actor, very good actor and a good I think a good person from everything I've heard and read of him. He's, he's a really was a really good guy. So uh, yeah, and and also to acknowledge, um, Sean had lost a member of the paranormal invest uh, the paranormal community as well. Um, I, I'd forgotten the gentleman's name. I know his last name was Jablonski. Jaworski. Um, Jaworski, okay. Tom me. Jaworski. He was on the, the Ectovision team I was talking about. That's right. He was right. our evidence review expert, and I'll tell you what, that guy and was he, amazing. He sounded like a very nice man, too. Yeah. A very nice man, too. So to acknowledge the passing of, of people that have meant something in our communities, so, you know, knowledge. I mean, we, our, the whole premise of our show is, again, life is the, the journey our ancestors began. And, you know, to extend to all people and different uh, cultures, different indigenous belief systems, different areas that, you know, study or, or, or venerate mm -hmm. the ancestors or deal with spiritual phenomena in a serious fashion and for the betterment of society and the communities. But it is important as well to take a moment again, as we've done now, to 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 you know pause and to think about mm -hmm. the, the 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 human aspect, right, of the the people, right. the families, and everything else. That uh, transition so again, to the next world, to the spirit world, so and we're acknowledge sorry. them as ancestors. So we're sorry for every for the the losses we, we of the people we've talked about. Um, to not end the the show on a on a sad note, uh, I, I must acknowledge our most steadfast uh, our little furry creature our little, fur, our little furry friend which uh, Mojo, that's cat which religiously now for like five shows uh, is constantly watching our show <laughs> he, he tunes in, when Beth tunes in he sits there and he watches our show so a shout out to Mojo to our my uh, my, my future little mm -hmm. furry godson and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so look at his little... head. Aww. he's so damn cute. He really is. Little so mojo. So a little like my old cat, Mel. Uh. <laughs> well, everybody, Odabo, okay. good night. Many blessings. Good and, night, everybody. Thank good you. Good night, everybody, for tuning in. Take Contact care, everybody. Be safe. Good night. Good night.